It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, it's finally getting sunny here in Las Vegas. The weather's finally starting to uh, come around the corner and uh, full swing college basketball. Man, do we have a lot to get to. By the way, we're broadcasting everywhere, uh, not just the uh, KSHP studios, KSHP. By the way, KSHP has a nice new website. You can check that out today. But we're also on YouTube, on the YouTube page, PTL Vegas. We're broadcasting live on TikTok. We're broadcasting live on YouTube. We're broadcasting live on my Twitter page. We are everywhere. And, of course, as I mentioned, live on the radio. And, boy, do we have a lot to get to. Uh, as Donald Trump would say, Ron DeSanctimonious. Uh, Ron DeSantis was in Las Vegas over the weekend. Uh, where were his biggest cheers? Well, we'll talk about that. We'll get into that. Uh, so much college basketball to get to. Besides a little bit of bracketology, what a what a I, I tell you, I, I, one of the funnest weeks for me as far as a college basketball fan, I saw so many great games over the course of the last week. It was uh, so much fun. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Mr. Garoppolo. That's right. Garoppolo is uh, officially uh, the Raiders' new starting quarterback, and uh, we're going to get into that story. Uh, the contract, what does it mean for the Raiders? What does it mean for their draft picks? What does it mean for the future of the Raiders? It's a national story, not just a local story. It's a big one. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. In the program as well, uh, one local political candidate going after the former Republican chair here in Las Vegas because of her sexuality. That's right, folks. You just can't make this stuff up. So uh, we'll get to all that stuff. And, you know, it's Monday, man. So it's fun day Monday, and that means the loud liberal sitting to my right, <laughs> uh, uh, the always um, eccentric, outgoing, funny, uh, and I hate giving out compliments. Chris Wynn joining us in studio right now. Chris, what's going on, man? What's up, Brian? It was absolutely a just loaded up weekend as usual, right, here in Las Vegas. Actually, all over the country. We had the Oscars this weekend as well, too. Look, we had a lot of the sports yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, obviously, when political candidates of note come to Vegas, we kind of focus on it. But uh, yeah, the Oscars went down last night with, uh, you know, basically the biggest night in the uh, film industry. And, uh, and of course, as you mentioned, look, there's for every other city that has a college basketball tournament, Brian Shapiro, they, they have one. We had five. Yeah. Here over the over uh, late last week as going into the weekend. Yeah. And uh, it was all kinds of action across the board for you and I, members of the media, sports media here in town. It gets uh, it gets a little dicey, it gets rowdy. And uh, we don't even get a chance to get to a lot of these games. But there was absolutely some top notch college basketball action here in Las Vegas this weekend. So we'll be diving into it a little bit later on in the show. Yes, we will be diving into that. Uh, by the way, somebody on social media just said this guy must own two cats. Uh Sir, you are 100% wrong. I am not a cat man. I am a dog man, just to be very clear. Why would they think you own cats? I don't what, know. What would, would give them know. any indication at all? You're wearing Ragged. a Johnny Cash t-shirt <laughs> and your Irish uh, The Departed hat that you got sporting I right don't now. like cats. Uh, I'm a dog <laughs> man. By the way, before we get into this Ron DeSantis visit to Las Vegas, right. which was an absolute joke, by the way, and his stupid little book tour... Um, I got to say, I'm really concerned about Chris Wynn because... Concerned about yeah, me? Why I, would that be? It's friendship concern uh, because we go to all these games, Mark, and we must have gone to like... Um, I feel like, <laughs> a I, bunch. Went to, we went to, I feel a like bunch. I went to 20 yeah. basketball games, and we're going to get to all of it, the college basketball. Yeah. 
every single, and by the way, Chris has been doing this for years. I believe he has a fetish for mascots. Every single game, and this is a I like the mascots. All right, hold on, hold on. You're a grown man. You're in your early 50s, okay? Every single game we go to, Chris says, hey, Shapiro, take a picture. I want to take a picture with the mascot. And he gets all giddy and all excited. And he must have taken pictures with like 10 mascots over the weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not normal. Like, that's like a 10-year-old. Like, if you're an adult and you have to take pictures with all the mascots, to me, anyway, it's some sort of weird fetish that you have. Can you just uh, not really, not really? You're making you, more right, out of it than it is. All right, yes or no? Do and, you? And Mark, it's Mark and PTL Nation out there. It's kind of funny. like the way he describes it, right? The way he just broke it down right there. The way that Brian Shapiro just characterized it there. Yeah, he, he's you're kind of insulting me a little bit, little no, bit, no, I'm little concerned. bit. You're Answer saying, this you know, for me. Answer this question. Right. You, you, do you have anyway? Do you have do a not, se- no. do you have a sexual but fetish? Look, for, they for are the theme. Mascots. They are they are part of the spirit of the event, Mr. Shapiro. You might you sir are are Mr. Sc- you are Scrooge. Okay, you are Scrooge when it comes to Listen, this. Don't be. They're part of the bro. They're don't part of the atmosphere. Okay. Don't and by me- the way, I felt kind of bad because as I uh, covered the Mountain West tournament right this weekend or this past week, actually on Wednesday, I could have killed all the birds with one stone. My all friend, right. when it comes to the pictures on Wednesday during the women's final, they had them all out there for like this super cheer off on the court, every single mascot for the Mountain West. And I could have got everybody's picture. Unfortunately, right. I only got like five Listen, or six of them. All right. Well, we can move on, but uh, don't BS me here. Well, you're the one. You're, wait a minute. BS. You're the one that brought this up. No, I know. You have move another on question for you. I'm not moving on. Immediately, yes. I'm saying, don't BS me. I'm asking you, a, 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 you know, if, if, listen. It, it, this is a serious question. Uh, oh, it you, is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Do you get sexually? Aroused? No, I don't. Hold no. on, let me no. finish the question. Uh, you don't have to finish the question. I know the question is. <laughs> it's an idiotic question. Oh, yeah, I get it. But look, I get let it. me just finish it for the viewers. No, I don't. Do, do no, I you don't. get sexually aroused by mascots? Okay, yes so no? uh, yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that was going to be the end of the question, Shapiro. Okay, when you put when you do toss Why it out do you there. Get so when excited? you start the question off, we're okay. So I'm excited. We're at we're at like uh, the Mountain West Conference tournament. Oh my God, that's the Spartan! Oh, I got to pick. I mean, and I'm thinking to myself, why do you get so excited with mascots? You're not eight years old. It's weird, dude. You're a grown okay, man. So, yeah. You remember the media, and you're t- it's mm-hmm. strange. Chris, can we admit it? it's a little weird? It's a little strange. <sighs> not really. I was looking at my friends that were there and like, what's up with Chris, man? Why does he love the mascot so much? I said, I don't know, dude. You're going to have to ask him, but it might be some sort of thing. It would be weird if I, if I said to you, uh, if, if, if it actually happened the way that you just described it, but it didn't, but, but whatever. We're, we're, How many I'll, mascots? I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. BTL Nation out there, they'll let it slide. How you many know, mascots you, did you take pictures you, uh, with in you, the last you, three uh, days? You know, embellishing the situation a little in bit. In the last three days, how many mascots have you taken pictures with? Uh, I took pictures with probably five, five right. or six. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. How about Hayreb? Like cool. You ever, you ever cool. take a picture with Hayreb? He's gone. Is uh, he gone? Did I ever take a heck picture with Hayreb? Yeah, you do. You have. Of course you have. That's a stupid I have. Question. That's a stupid it's, question. It's on my freeze frame on the <laughs> phone, folks. So, oh, wait. So right that's now, the but... screenshot on your phone is the with the screenshot on my phone. Yeah, and you're telling me you don't have a fetish. Uh, you can't see because the apps are on there right now, but there's actually a screenshot of right. me, C. Wynn, oh, back concerned. in 2015-ish think... with Hey Reb. Right. Hey Reb got canceled. He's gone. Okay, listen, so UNLV doesn't have Hey Reb If you were 10 years old, that would be normal. You're a 50, <sighs> 51-year-old grown man. It's a little strange. That's all I'm saying. But but you know what? Maybe I'm a little strange. Listen, I don't know. if you need a, th- a therapist to talk about your mascot fetish, I will gladly turn mm-hmm. one over to you. I'll find somebody for you that can help you with this problem. Okay, uh, sounds good. All right, good. All right, let's move. Let's move on now. Speaking of <laughs> fetishes, I know Chris has a big man crush on Ron DeSantis. Oh, huge! Love that guy. Yeah, uh, Dion. Yeah. Ronald Dion DeSantis. Ron DeSanctimonious was in Las Vegas over the weekend at uh, some country bar, and. Um, <laughs> 
He was at a country so, bar? Yeah. So he visited Stoney's? Las, yeah. So he visited Las Vegas. It, it's called his Florida Blueprint Tour, by the way. That's oh, what geez. they call it. I'm not kidding. The Florida Blueprint Tour. Um, um, and, uh, he's promote, it, it, listen, this is a, this, he's doing this for two reasons. No, it's for money. He's promoting his stupid book that I, I, I would never buy, buy. I, I would use his book as toilet paper, by the way, if I ever had it on me. That would be painful, but I would, because that's what I think about his book and anything that this guy tries to sell. It's a promotional tour. Um, and it's unofficially viewed at, you know, as a presidential run, as a presidential campaign. By the way, all this going on, he's doing this book tour trying to make money. While he's supposed to be a governor, he's supposed to be running a state. Let me just remind everybody about that. He's getting paid to be the governor. Um, so there were about 1,200 people there, allegedly, and people are making that out to be it was some sort of incredible crowd. 1,200? Right? Yeah, 1,200. What an Stop the presses. Yeah, what an incredible crowd for that one. Boy, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't know why people would uh, brag about that to begin with. But um, anyway, so he shows up here. He makes his little speech. Uh, what, how do you think Ron DeSantis got his biggest round of applause? Because according to, according to the review journal, Ron DeSantis got his biggest applause in his same speech that he's doing everywhere, by the way, bragging about how he sent migrants seeking asylum and, and, and put them on a plane and sent them to Martha's Vineyard and people crapped, uh, people clapped. Ladies, did I say crap? You said crap. They yeah, probably did that. that. They probably that's did That's hilarious. They probably did that too. Yeah. Uh, but they, they were all clapping. And I think that goes to show you his base is very similar to Donald Trump's base in this aspect, in that you're clapping for dehumanizing. Wait a minute, time out. Does Ron DeSantis have a base yet? I don't think so. Um, I think Ron DeSantis's quote unquote base is Donald Trump's is, is part of Donald Trump's base still. And for people but. out there that think it's great what Ron DeSantis did, for people out there that don't have any human decency. Let me just explain real quickly what Ron DeSantis did. What he did was he used human beings as political pawns. There was a woman that was pregnant. There was a three-year-old on this plane. He, uh, his, those in his administration spent millions of dollars in taxpayer money to put them on a plane to Martha's Vineyard, not because he wanted to take care of these people, because he wanted to use them as political pawns because he knew Martha's Vineyard didn't have the capabilities and homeless shelters and stuff to help these people. He used them as political pawns. He gave them these brochures that had lies in them, and he gave them a $10 coupon, I think, to McDonald's or something, or $10. Well, on no, the market. reason he sent them up there to Martha's Vineyard, Brian, is because he think he has this idea in his head, and he's probably right, that Martha's Vineyard is a left-wing liberal town. That's why he did it. He right. did it to own the libs. He didn't do it because right. he realized that Martha's Vineyard wasn't able, you know, from a logistic standpoint to handle these people. Of course. He did it to own the libs. Of course, yeah. and, and right. that's why I use the term political pawn. You know, you're right. de dehumanizing human right. beings. By the way, these aren't bad people or criminals. These are those that are uh, coming into this country, uh, migrants that are seeking asylum. Uh, and, and that's exactly what Ron DeSantis did. He used human beings as political pawns, which no, and no politician, nobody should ever do that. And I bring this up because according to jokes from the, uh, review journal, that was the biggest round of applause he got from the crowd here in Las Vegas, which is despicable when he started bragging, gloating about what he did with these migrants, sending them to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, and this is something, here's, here's a little bit else. Here's a little something that, uh, Ron DeSantis said. Uh, in his speech, he said, quote, I said, you go on the offense. You can't just sit back and play defense. Uh, you know, he went on to say uh, he's unafraid to confront the powerful Disney company, fight with public schools that he says that are indoctrinating our students and challenge 
medical bureaucrats over COVID policies. Um, I mean, this this guy, uh, he made a clear indication of the issues he believes are on voters' minds, uh, including fighting the White House over COVID-19, ballot box fraud, critical race theory in schools, and defunding law enforcement, which is, by the way, a lie. Uh, 99% of Democrats in office right now are not for defunding the police. Uh, critical race theory is, is a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of BS. Uh, it's there. It's not being taught in our schools. That's an absolute lie. Ballot box fraud is not happening. Uh, at least not enough that it would uh, overturn an outcome of any of the elections that we've had. Everything that Ron DeSantis talked about, by the way, nothing locally. He didn't talk about Nevada like at all. He didn't talk at all. About the issues well, why would he? Hasn't, he doesn't know anything about Nevada. He's he's, he's right. clueless when it comes to that. He's clueless. Look, he's, to a lot of look he's the governor of, of Florida, Brian. He is a champion of culture wars. He loves the wedge issues, right? The ones that get everybody fired up, especially any anything that has to do with pushing back against what he you know perceives as the radical left. That, that he's, that's what he's all into. That's his thing. I wouldn't call Ron DeSantis a serious person at all. I don't think he is at all. I think I think he's a joke myself. But look. This is par for the course for me. I'm a left-wing liberal. I'm not going to sit here and wax poetic about Ron DeSantis in any way, shape, or form. You know, I think he is a wannabe Donald Trump. I think that uh, he is going to be a factor when it comes to the Republican Party and the nomination for president in 2024. But that being said, I, st- I just think that uh, he's he is just a less charismatic, which is kind of rough for me to say because I hate giving Donald Trump some kind of compliment that he's charismatic. But with Ron DeSantis, I just think the guy is flat out vanilla, and I just don't see him getting over the finish line when it comes to any kind of serious run for president. Well, maybe if he wears those white boots. I mean, I don't know. Those, look uh, those pretty, things are brutal, those too. Those are pretty, I don't, yeah. pretty sexy. So for those of you that think that I'm delusional <laughs> and I'm misrepresenting what Ron DeSantis did, maybe you're a Ron DeSantis supporter. Maybe you are actually at the event in Las Vegas. I want to hear from you. Why would you support Ron DeSantis? Why would you go to an event to get Ron DeSantis' book? Why do you think Ron DeSantis can beat and maybe will beat Donald Trump and become the next president? I'm going to open up the phone lines now. Okay, here's the number. 702-221-7283. And I'm going to give out that number again. Here we go. If you want to be a part of the program. If you think I'm delusional and you think I'm wrong or Chris is wrong and you think Ron DeSantis is this fantastic guy that's going to be up and coming, Brian. If you think he's up and be, coming, yeah. big time politician. If you think he's up and coming or he's going to be a wonderful president, then again, I'll give out the number uh, 702-221-7283. And again, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-SAVE. 702-221-7283. If in fact you would like to be a part of the program, we do a live radio show here. So I invite anybody that's listening on our airwaves or uh, air, air, airwaves, I should say, not airwives. Uh, and anybody that would like to be a part of the program, please give me a call. Again, that number, uh, 702-221-7283. I can tell you right now, I don't think Ron DeSantis, um, is has any chance of defeating Donald Trump. I really don't. So, Brian, let me bounce this off you. What is your favorite nickname that the former president has given the presidential hopeful um, Ron DeSantis? Because mine is absolutely, positively, my friend, Meatball Ron. Meatball Ron <laughs> is the best nickname that D- DJT has tossed at Ron DeSantis, well, in look, my opinion. I, I, I mean, I don't get caught too much in the nicknames, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Um Ron DeSantis is what the Republican Party is today. What do I mean by that? He talks about issues that don't exist, that literally don't exist. And if they do exist, it's very minimal. Example, he talks about critical race theory all the time. He talked about it here in Las Vegas over the weekend. 
Uh, critical race theory virtually does not exist in our classrooms at the elementary school level or at the high school level. Uh, could you find a few professors at college campuses? I, I suppose. But Ron DeSantis, if you listen to him and his cult following, they will lead you to believe that it's happening in every classroom in this country. And it's not. That's number one. Teachers are grooming kids, too. Right, Brian? Yeah. Teachers are teachers are grooming kids to be homosexuals. Yeah, they'll, they'll, right. Exactly. That's the next thing I was going to say, yeah. talking about indoctrinating our kids. Yes. Forget about even critical race theory. Indoctrinating our kids. Ron DeSantis and the Republican base will lead you to believe that the overwhelming majority of teachers of the 300,000 right. teachers in this country, as you mentioned, that a lot of them are indoctrinating our kids and they're telling our kids to be gay and they're telling our kids to be transgender. Let's be very clear. There is a fine line between telling somebody to be gay and then saying it's okay to be gay. And Ron DeSantis and his bill, and I do call it the don't say gay bill because that's pretty much what it is. Uh, a teacher cannot even tell students it's okay to be gay. You shouldn't be ashamed to be gay. It's not okay to tell students in Florida it's, it, it's okay to be transgender. According to this bill, that's who Ron DeSantis is. And that's the, to me, that's the Republican Party today. That is the base of the Republican Party where they want to uh, make it seem like teachers across the country are indoctrinating our kids, but you know what? Let's give them AR-15s. That's okay. I mean, it is so absurd that the Republicans have no, at least today, in my estimation, have little to no answers for any of the problems facing this country. They want to blame Joe Biden for everything. They want to blame the, the, the Biden administration for everything. Uh, yet they have no answers for any of our problems like health care, gun control. But they, you know, what they care about is, you know, God forbid, if there's a drag queen that's reading a book to kids in a library, right. that's going to kill people. But they have no answers for any of the real issues in this country. And, you know, they want to it seems like they want Russia to win this war. Uh, I have nothing in common with Republicans these days. It's really uh, sickening to me. Another th uh, criticism that's legitimate when it comes to Ron DeSantis, obviously, is he's someone who practices vindictive politics. Well, what do I mean by that, Brian? I'm talking about, obviously, Disney, right? One of the biggest companies in the country who happens to be headquartered in Orlando, Florida. Uh, you go after a company, okay, because they happen to disagree with you when it comes to a social issue. That, to me, is, again, one of the reasons why I think that uh, he's absolutely not equipped to be president of the United States as well. Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, we have these 1,200 people that show up and they want to support Ron DeSantis. And, you know, it's interesting because my, my question to them is, what are the policies that Ron DeSantis put in place in Florida that, that you love? I mean, when you look at, first of all, the taxes and the uh, property taxes that are higher in Florida than any other place in the country. It's a disaster. And when you want to talk about COVID, oh, he left everything open. No, he didn't. There were shutdowns in Florida as well, but he wants to make it like he left everything open. Per capita deaths are below average. We're below average in Florida when it came to COVID as well. Um, you know, what are his accomplishments? Number one, why do you love Ron DeSantis? And, you know, people say, oh, Democrats ruin the country. You know, Democrats ruin the country. Uh, you know, my response to that uh, would be, okay, uh, what policies have Democrats put in place that have ruined the country? Let's open up the phone line. 702-221-7283. As I mentioned earlier, the number to call if you want to be a part of the show is 702-221-7283. Taking phone calls this hour. Why don't we start with... Uh, J.D., J.D. is first up on Pushing the Limits. Hello, J.D. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Good. Good. I'd love to give you a, a position. My wife and I live in a very Republican state. Um, we belong to a private club with 2,000 people. We went to a drag show yesterday with all kinds of people involved. 
It was not offensive. It was fun. And then I made my wife, who's Catholic, promise that after we did that, we'd go back and watch Spotlight. Have you seen that movie with Michael Keaton? I have, actually. With the Catholic Church in, yep. in Boston. I would rather have my child go to the drag show and be involved in the church, Catholic Church in Boston. Is that, am I wrong? Am I bad? Well, no. First of all, my short answer is absolutely not, sir. You're not wrong. Number two, the few instances I've gone to church, and listen, I'm not a very religious person, but I went as a favor to somebody else. I heard Mm -hmm. the priest up there, you know, speaking, you know, using the term queer and talking, and I'm not saying every church does that, but I'm so derogatory towards people that have a different sexual preference. And, you know, listen, if you can find me a drag queen that commits a crime, then I want them to go to jail. But last I've checked in these drag queen shows, it's it's pretty pretty normal and, and nobody's getting hurt. Right, sir? No, no. It was just fun. And, you know, it was entertainment. Um, I go to the theater a lot. I do. It was just entertainment. Yeah. But I would never let my, my children are all four of them are all now in their twenties. Um, looking back, I would never want them down in the basement with a priest as a 13 year old altar boy. But you'll never hear Republicans talk about that. They want to talk about drag. You know, it's incredible. If you don't mind me asking, what state do you live in, sir? Um, Utah. Okay. So Utah. Uh, a lot of Mormons, right? And, and a lot of religious people. And I have no Republican. problem with that. Uh, in Utah, no, no, no. go ahead. Yeah. No, Mitt Romney is one of my favorites. Actually, I voted for him. Um, like I'm Mitt a Romney very well. candidate. Uh, I'm liberal, uh, but I, I, I think the man has, I, I believe he's got conscience ahead of um he does politics so i i really like the guy and i gotta be honest right as as someone who is also a left-wing democrat i actually long for the days of the mitt romneys of the republican party right given the people Even ronald that, reagan given, yeah you know what i'm saying though but given the people that are right now at the forefront when it comes to the republican party mitt romney would be a godsend you know no pun intended when it comes to yeah. the republican party as far as uh, you know someone i i would respect in that party yeah I agree so much. And Brian, why don't Republicans bring up Ronald Reagan anymore? He, he used to be the savior. And because Ronald I Reagan would be, of, like because I, I believe Ronald Reagan would be spinning in his grave right now if he knew where the Republican oh, Party was at. The Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Lauren Boberts, the Ron DeSantis's, yeah. the Donald Trumps, the Matt Gates. I mean, Ronald Reagan had some decency, and 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 he was able to work with Democrats. And he made you know, some mistakes. Yeah, that's okay. He admitted to them. He, but he used to be the godsend of the Republican Party, and I'm a Democrat who actually liked Ronald Reagan. Yeah, and to so be where, to, where where are those people? Where are they? Few and far between, yeah. my friend. Yeah, I know. And, and to be to be really. fair, the Republicans do bring up Ronald Reagan a lot. Like the Republicans that are real Republicans that have been Republicans for years, yeah, or true. not even years, but just have the same principles and have the same approach to life. Yeah. That Ron, that Ron Reagan did. They do, they do bring him up. So my wife is an immigration attorney. Look at his views on immigration. If you look back, they were very pro immigration. They were. Mm-hmm. They're certainly but, not anymore, are they? Uh, JD, I, I really appreciate hearing from you, my friend. Thank uh, you. Good to thank know you, there's Brian. good people like you out there in Utah, and I appreciate you calling in. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. 702-221-7283 is the number to call, and again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. Area code seven zero two. 221 save. We're talking about uh, in relation to Ron DeSantis and his visit to Las Vegas. 
And I'm going to correlate this with something else that this man just talked about, you know, when it comes to local politics, right? So if you don't know who Amy Tarkanian is, she's the former Republican chair here of Clark Mm -hmm. County. Friend of the show. She's been on the show multiple Uh, times. She was supposed to be on the show today, and she's not feeling well this morning. Mm -hmm. But decent lady. Don't always agree with her politically, but I don't think she's a bad person. I know her husband, Danny Tarkanian, of course, the son of uh, Jerry Tarkanian, the late great basketball coach. Me and Danny have gotten into it from time to time. We don't agree on politics, but I believe Amy's a nice person. So Amy goes on social media over the weekend, and she says that she's bisexual. Who cares, right? Nothing yeah, wrong with that. All deal. the power to you. Who care? I know yeah. plenty of people that are bisexual. Um, and if you don't know who Sigal Chata is, Sigal Chata is a despicable human being who ran for office here in Las Vegas. The reason why I and say lost. she lost. Yeah. Uh, in Chocolate. regards to her opponent at the time for the midterm, she said that she wanted her opponent hanging from a pole. Um, anybody that would make a statement like that is despicable, right? So she goes on social media. She starts attacking Amy Tarkanian because she said she was bi. And I'm paraphrasing here, but she alluded to the fact that, oh, that explains why Amy must be cheating on her husband, infidelities, because she's bisexual. First of all, making the correlation that if you're gay or bisexual, that must mean you cheat on your spouse is the is the most ignorant possible thing that you can say about that. That's number one. And number two, this is the base of the Republican Party. Only some people don't say it like Sigal Chata says it. Many Republicans, in my estimation, are homophobic. They don't want brown people coming into this country. All they want to talk about is the border wall, and they want to talk about drag queens, and they don't want to talk about real issues facing this country. Listen, the border is a real issue, but I believe when it comes to Republicans, many of them who happen to be white, by the way, they don't want brown people coming into this country. They don't want to be the minorities. If you disagree, agree with me, give me a call. 702-221-7283. Again, that number is 702 Two two one seven two. But getting back to Seagal Chata, obviously, Brian, this is someone who's very judgmental, has zero class whatsoever, and I would say that it's just it's just flat out immature. It's immaturity. It's someone who doesn't, uh, who is absolutely, you know, looking down on somebody because of their sexual preference. You're going yeah. to turn it into a negative connotation mm-hmm. and and speak about it that way about something that's just a personal, you know, right. personal preference, essentially, uh, of someone else that has it has nothing to do with you. It's none of your business. Who cares? You know, so this is this is what we're dealing I mean, it's just, with. It's here. just a, it's a, a deplorable comment. That's this all is, I'm going to say. This is I mean, what we're dealing with here. Yeah. And, and, and again, I believe, Chris, and I think you'll probably agree with me. What, yeah. What's happening in Las Vegas is kind of a microcosm of what's going out throughout the country. Well, example, it is. Yeah. Michelle Fiore. Uh she made statements atta- slut shaming, for lack of a better term, Amy Tarkanian. Why? Because Tarkanian didn't support her uh, uh, running for office. Right. So slut shames her. Uh, Sigal Chata going after Amy Tarkanian uh, because Tarkanian says she's bisexual. This is where the Republican Party is at right now. I'm sorry. Do I, now, am I saying that every single Republican is? Of course not. I would never make a generalization like that. But the base of the party, this is where the base of the party is at. All they want to talk about is how Biden is responsible for all of our issues. They want to talk about critical, very similar to Ron DeSantis. They want to talk about critical race theory. They want to go after Dr. Fauci. They have no solutions to our problems. They think more guns are the answer. Literally, what name me a solution that a Republican has to a problem facing this country? Can you name one? No, but we could be, look, we can bring up the word hypocrisy again, Brian, in the situation, right? Because she's speaking negatively about Amy Tarkanian. Because she comes out as bisexual. Yet just a matter of a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, you and I got the boot 
from a Republican event, Scott Pressler's event, right? Right. Where she was there. Yeah. She was there oh, yeah. supporting an openly gay man in the Republican Party. Yeah. Look, I'm not sitting here and criticizing Scott Pressler for, for being gay. What I'm trying to do is make a point, okay, is that she, like, if you have, you have issues and you want to be judgmental towards Amy Tarkanian for being bisexual, but you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna roll up to a Scott Pressler event and, yeah. and pray, you know, and praise the heck out of that guy. I mean, it doesn't make no sense. It, it, the hypocrisy is unbelievable at, at well, some points it, it, with these right. Republicans. You're right. It doesn't make sense. But as I, as I use the term hypocrisy all the time when it comes to Republicans, right? Uh, you know, for example, uh, we're not for student loan debt forgiveness yet. It's okay for me to get a loan during COVID and, and have yeah. forbearance on that. They are the epitome of hypocrisy. 702-221-7283, the number to call. Let's go to Lauren. Lauren's next up on pushing the limits. What's up, Lauren? What's going on, man? What up, Lauren? Well, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, it, it's 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 not good to be a Republican on this show. But um, no, I, no, 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 no. That's I, not true. That's, that's not a general true. statement. That's not necessarily uh, true, Lauren. Not I true. Have, I have plenty of Republicans uh, yeah, yeah, I've that, had on this I show was, that I respect. I was saying that in jest. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. He did start the phone call off with a <laughs> chuckle. That was. That's why. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. Well, that's fair. Go ahead, Lauren. I mean, it got. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, personally, I don't care what your preference is, as long as you don't try and push anything on me. I don't care what your color is, as long as you come to my country legally. I don't care. I, I really don't care about uh, the, the only thing I want to see is I do want to see Americans take priority in this country, and I don't think that they do. I think that. uh uh, my a, example, I, I, I had taken my, my then nine-year-old son to uh, Cold Stone to get some ice cream, and there was a, a young gay gentleman that was talking to the guys behind the uh, the counter and saying what he wanted to do to them. And he was very explicit. And I, and I had to explain to my son exactly what it was that, that uh, you know, the guy was saying. Right. Not to mention that the guy kept bumping into me like he was looking for a reaction from me. Now, uh, to me, that's not acceptable. Um, the other thing is, is as far as uh, uh, people being bisexual, I, I, I have uh, I, I, I mentioned I have eight children. I had one of my children tell me uh, uh, that she was bisexual. And I said, well. You know, personally, I don't think you're bisexual. I, I think that you're greedy. Because if you're not getting along with a the boyfriend, then you, oh, well, I'll, all of a sudden I'll get a girlfriend. So that's my opinion. Well, that that, pre um, that premise, though, let me push back a little bit there. The premise, the way you're describing it and characterizing it, you're characterizing mm -hmm. it as if they're, uh, they're becoming bisexual, you know, because of reasons like that. That's not, that's not how they would approach it. They approach it in a way that they're just born this way, or that they are just it, that this is just the way they are, and mm -hmm. and therefore that's that's kind of the the gist of it. To your point that you made about the experience at Stone at at, at the ice cream place, look, that's right. just an individual. It, it has nothing to do with their. It has nothing to do with them being gay or not gay. That's just somebody that's not acting right. I mean, that individual, uh, you know, if he was making comments, I, I assume you're talking about he was making sexual comments to the individuals behind oh, the counter yeah. when your kid yeah. was there. Look, I don't care if you're uh, gay. My, my, my son was standing right in front right. of me. Right. So here's the thing, Lauren, right? I don't care if you're gay or straight. If it was a straight man 
making comments to somebody behind the counter saying that they were going to do sexual things to a female back there, it would be wrong, right? You'd still be wrong. You wouldn't want your kid hearing some straight man or straight woman telling somebody that's straight behind the counter about sexual things they want to do them in a a public place. Let me give another example. I'm being being very clear here. Let me give another example. It's just the person's just not acting right. Let me give another example. Lauren, Mm -hmm. if you recall... The, uh, a mayor, uh, Pete Buttigieg's friend, who I guess mentored this guy, who happens right. to be gay, mm-hmm. and right. filed child right. pornography in his place, right? A lot of right. the Republicans, not all of them, but a lot of Republicans out there were pointing out, oh, this guy is gay. Guilt by association. Okay? And let me tell you something. Okay. It's despicable because people who do that uh, are looking at any opportunity to attack the gay community. There are sadly plenty of straight people that get caught with child pornography as well. But I guarantee you, if that happens, you won't hear Republicans making the point, oh, straight man. It's always if somebody is gay, they want to point out that they're gay. And it is discrimination against the LBGTQ community. And I can tell you 99% of it is coming from the right these days. Democrats are okay with gay marriage. Republicans, the overwhelming majority of them, are against gay marriage, and they call being gay a sin. They want to attack these drag queen shows and indoctrinating our kids, but yet when it comes to protecting our kids, when it comes to a really important issue, a real issue like gun control, they have no answers to real issues facing this country. Last I checked, no kid died from uh, hearing a book read by a drag queen. So I, I think what you gave me, with all due respect, is an anecdotal story that, has, that shouldn't have any bearing on his sexuality because I've heard straight people talking about sexual stuff in front of kids that are inappropriate well, as well. Yeah. This person and, is and wrong, I, but it shouldn't have any bearing on what sexuality he is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any problem. I mean, if you confront somebody in, in that particular situation, right. which I did, I said, hey, man, why don't you cool it? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, 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 was, it, got, it, it, it escalated. It didn't. It didn't calm down. It just escalated. He's wrong, and he's wrong. Well, he's wrong. He's, the guy's just acting wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, like, I, he, he was I, out of I line. Mean, we all. Yeah. We all. Let me ask you a question now. Wrong. Let me ask you a question. And it has now. nothing to do with the fact that he was gay. Okay, so let he me ask you a question. So that's why gay. we shouldn't even be talking about whether he was gay let or not. Let me ask you yeah, a question so, then. Uh, and, well, yeah, I mean, it's a fair question to ask you. Yeah. Why did you bring up his sexuality then? Why not just say, "Hey, I had this guy." Why do you have to say that? Yeah, I was acting like a jerk off. Gay guy. Yeah. What? What is? Why bring well, up the I, fact I, that he's gay? I'm just trying was, to understand. It was an, it up because it was an actual experience that that I had. I mean, I'm not lying about the experience. No, I, I hear All you, right. but I, and listen, I understand. And Lauren, by the way, it's always good to hear from you, and I appreciate the call. Um, Thanks, Lauren. But but I'm glad Lauren called in. But uh, and again, I think Lauren's a nice guy. Sounds like a nice guy, but. If that was a straight man that did that, Lauren wouldn't have called up and wouldn't have said, hey, this straight guy, blah, 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 blah. Why is it that they always have to point out that it happens to be a gay person? Like, I don't understand that. That's what a lot of Republicans do these days. They did it with this guy that I guess Pete Buttigieg, uh, you know, mentored, so to speak. Why do they have to bring this up? I don't understand. So, Brian, it's the same reason that you brought up the Pete Buttigieg example, right? They bring It's a negative connotation that they want to associate right, right. with homosexuality, right? The whole thing going on with, with Amy Tarkanian, right, being bisexual, you know, we're talking about another woman in, in, in Vegas, you know, who's who's making negative comments, who's making bad comments about her as if, you know, it's something that's terrible that's yeah. taking place. And so that's that's yeah. kind of the M.O. With, yeah. when it comes to Republicans. Yeah. And you're right. It's uh, look, there's a lot of right wingers. OK. And Republicans that want to pull false equivalency. Right. All of it. Well, 
there's a lot of left-wingers that do the same thing that we do. There's a lot of left-wingers that do this and do that. No. When it comes to this this situation, when you're talking about sexual preference, when you talk about the LGBTQ community, right? there is absolutely an adversarial relationship when it comes to right the right wing and, and we, Republicans absolutely. when it comes to homosexuality. And, and what do we start this yeah. conversation with? We started with Ron DeSantis. Well, besides Chris Wynn's fetish for, for mascots. <laughs> yeah. uh, we started with Ron DeSantis, right? Ron DeSantis was in Las Vegas over the weekend. He got a big cheer, the biggest cheer from the crowd, according to uh, an RJ writer, uh, when he bragged and gloated about sending migrants seeking asylum to Martha's Vineyard, treating human beings as political pawns. And I guarantee you, if Ron DeSantis talked about the don't say gay bill, or if Ron DeSantis uh, talked about homosexuality and how it's a sin, you, you definitely would have gotten a round of applause from some of the despicable people that are at that event as well. 702-221-7283. Again, that number 702-221-7283. If you want to be a part of the show, let's go to Carl. Carl is next up on Pushing the Limits. Hi, Carl. What's going on? Uh, in regards to your point about that lady who talked about Amy Tarkania, yeah. I use the term lady, lady very loosely, though. Sorry to say. Uh, but uh, you got to understand one thing. I think you know what my background was. When someone does something like that and attacks somebody on a, like the point of the uh, bisexuality, yeah. uh, inwardly, this person is afraid, and I'll explain why. If they have any doubts about their own being, their own uh, psychological being, regards to possible bisexuality themselves, they fight, they pick harder on somebody who is and, and, and try to insult them to make people think that they're not. If you, you understand what I'm getting at? Absolutely. This, it goes back to what we talk about with the churches, right? And as far as the church's approach to homosexuality and whether that, that doesn't have to be, it can be Catholic. It can be, you could be Islam. We can, we can be talking about Muslims. We can talk about Christians, whatever. There's, there's this, there's this idea out there that it's, it's either a sin or, and obviously we're no. talking about negative connotation, right, Carl? We're yeah. talking about approaching it in a way in which it's a bad thing. And yet yeah. at the same time, yeah. you'll find multiple people, thousands upon thousands, even millions of people in these religious, uh, who are, who happen to have these religious, religious preferences that would be gay, right? Or that yeah. are bisexual. Uh, but- it's just the hypocrisy. But a lot of these, yeah, but a lot of these politicians, they want to actually make people think that that's the person's thing from their mind is by is by insulting them and and making them look ridiculous. The other person. Well, that's what DeSantis and does. That's he's why another, they do. He's another version of of bullying, Carl. And and it's always good to hear from you, my friend. And I do appreciate the call, Carl. Thank you so much. Uh, Ron DeSantis is just another bullier uh, who uh, at, at every point seems to put down the lgbtq community uh you know uh put down those that are suffering from uh, transgender dysphoria or whatever you call it um and another right-wing republican who looks at being gay or somebody who doesn't look like you or somebody who doesn't act like you maybe in a sexual manner uh putting them down because they're different than you that is who ron DeSantis is and yes he is also dry he has no personality uh wearing his white boots on this tour uh this book tour by the way what would republicans would have said if if the former governor of nevada steve sisolak went all over the country on a book tour attacking Republicans while supposed to be the governor 
and running a state. What would Republicans say about that? That's who Ron DeSantis is. 702-221-7283. Again, that number if you want to join the show. 702-221-SAVE. Let's go to John. John is next up on Pushing Limits. What's going on, John? Hey, John. Hey, man. Look, one thing has is crystal clear, and it's been uh, proven time and time... No, no other theory I've perhaps ever mentioned on this radio show has, has been put through the grueling test of the scientific method more than the fact, and this is an absolute fact, that Democrat women are way hotter than Republican women. <laughs> I mean, it's not even close. That's a hot take if I ever heard one right there, baby. That's, I that's, love it. That's subjective. Hot takes everywhere Hold on a Monday. On. Hot take Monday, Shap. That's subjective. Nice. I think that's open to opinion. Everybody <laughs> likes something different. I mean, I'm sure there are some no, people out there no, that I, think I, that Marjorie Taylor Brian, is beautiful. Brian, I said it's been tested time and time again. Democrat women are way hotter than Republicans. It's not even close. Look, that's a matter of think opinion. of a Republican woman. You've got the you've got your cookie cutter. You got your cookie cutter. What you got the complexion white. You got the you got the the cookie cutter haircut. You got the cookie cutter clothes. It's boring. And now, what do you think Trump, about? Uh, let me ask you. I, got, I can throw a couple out there, right, Brian? Let me throw a couple out. Candace, Candace, Candace Owens. I think is attractive, even though I, you know, I, I can't stand it's a her. Matter of because, opinion. Uh, look, I, I think uh, Lauren, uh, Tommy Lauren is attractive. I think she's attractive. Uh, Kaylee McEnany is someone I, Listen, I think it's is more important. I can, I'm, look, I'm a left wing well, liberal. I'm tossing out uh, right wingers that I, uh, I think are, are, I can tell are you, I can, attractive. I can tell you right now, I care more about what they're like on the inside. Amy Tarkanian. Uh, uh, again, I, I oh, care. Hold on, John. I care more about thunder, what they're like on the inside and what they represent than what what they look like well, on the course, outside. Obviously, Brian, what are your thoughts, John, on Ron DeSantis <laughs> being in Las Vegas and the crowd cheering and clapping when he bragged about sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard? Brian, you just stepped all over my what I was going to say. <laughs> I had comedy gold, man. He this did. was ready for the Radio Hall of Fame, and you just it still it. can be. Like, John, salvage it for us. What do you got? Talk to us. My point is this. I find Republican women boring as hell. And I think it's safe to assume now, since uh, Donald Trump has disgraced our lives, you can assume they're pretty much white trash, too. You can pretty much assume that they're uneducated white trash. So I would say this. <laughs> and I noted this the last time Amy Tarkanian was on your the great Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro show. I called in and said, man, Amy Tarkanian's kind of hot. The first time she, she ever pushed yes. my buttons that way. Well, I'm Amy, not going to say, on, I'm not going to make a generalized, I, I hear where you're going, John, and I appreciate the call. Um, I'm not going to make generalized <laughs> comments about all Republicans if they are a certain way. Uh, I will say that there are some Republicans that, in my personal opinion, are not very educated and uh, they say some trashy things, and, and it's unfortunate. But I'm not going to make a general term like that because I do think there are some, listen, I don't like Nikki Haley, right? I wouldn't call her trash. She is a liar. Uh, I, I don't like what she represents, but I wouldn't call her like trash. Um, but listen, there are some Republicans that feel a certain way. There are some Democrats that feel. No, but Brian, you're kind of missing the point here. The point he's talking, he's talking from a physical standpoint. He wasn't talking about, you know, what from the neck up, what they believe, what their ideologies are. He was strictly making comments regarding physical looks that's what he was that's yeah. uh, that well, was no, the, I'm not that was the, into that. that was the essence of what he was talking I'm about. not going to get into that well there I'm are, just saying are, that's what he was talking there are about attractive so, yeah. people on both sides of the aisle you don't have to get into it I'm just I was just pointing out what is yeah. what his point was I think there's more you're important. like yeah I think there's more important things to discuss there are I'm, <laughs> well, there are, I guess yeah there are attractive people on both ends of the aisle don't get me wrong Donald Trump is an extremely <laughs> attractive person uh, 
Uh, and, and it's really fun. Sexy as all get yeah, out, extremely, DJZ, baby. Donald Trump is extremely yeah. sexy. And watching him. Ron Ronald Dion DeSantis? Come on, man. Watching him Guy's smooth as silk. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah. me a break. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're certainly both on the front of Fitness Magazine. There's no question yeah. about that. Uh, but getting back to the, the, the more important points that I was talking about earlier, um, Ron DeSantis is a mini Donald Trump. He's on this book tour. He's a wannabe. Uh, yeah. uh, I think if Ron DeSantis had any brains, he would hold off another four years because I don't think he's going to defeat Donald Trump, let alone a Democrat running for the presidency. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but just keep that in mind, folks, for you Ron DeSantis fans out there. And there, I know there are some out there. Ron DeSantis <laughs> supposed to be the governor, right? He's the governor, well, he of, is Florida. The governor of Florida. Okay, yeah. He's supposed to be governing the state. And instead, he's deciding to go on this book tour selling his book that I would use as toilet paper, by the way, trying to make money. That is who Ron DeSantis is. He talks about the red meat in the Republican Party. He talks about critical race theory, which virtually does not exist in our school system. He talks about how teachers are indoctrinating our kids. Could you find a small handful of those that are? Yes, I want them fired. But it's not happening anywhere near the rate that Ron DeSantis and many Republicans want to talk about. He's offended by these drag shows and everything else. But what Ron DeSantis, uh, what did Ron DeSantis do after the Parkland shooting? Nothing. Nothing. These Republican governors do nothing when it comes to gun control. They don't have a replacement fan, uh, plan, health care plan for Obamacare. They think more guns are the answer. They want to tell. And by the way, Ron DeSantis is as extreme as any when it comes to abortion. If he had it his way, he would want abortion to be illegal from start to finish. Illegal. He is an extremist. He is a dictator. He has dictator type tendencies with what he did with Disney. And he is a bad guy, and he would be bad for this country, and I don't believe he's going to win. I think he might have a chance to win in four years, five years, but he ain't winning in 2024, and he ain't going to beat Donald Trump, folks, for you Ron DeSantis fans out there. And trust me, I don't want to see Donald Trump up there on a stage. I don't want to see Donald Trump still in the limelight. I don't want to see him up there, but I still believe he is the front runner for the Republican Party. I believe it's going to be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump again, and I believe Joe Biden is going to win re-election. That is what I believe is going to happen. Donald Trump has way too many legal issues pending, including now Stormy Daniels situation when it appears as though Donald Trump's going to be indicted for that and many, many, many other situations and legal issues that he is facing. So this is where the Republican Party is at right now. I'm enjoying every moment of it. And we're going to have to wait and see how the next year pans out. It's certainly going to be an interesting year, year and a half. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, We'll take some more of your calls, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, is 702-221-7283. Boy, do we have a lot of sports to talk about. Boy, do we have a lot of college basketball to talk about. We got the NCAA tournament and the bracket that has just come out last night. We're going to discuss that, a little bit of the basketball. We'll start with UNLV on a local front here, and then we'll get to some of the national games. Uh, looking forward to some of them. The playing games for the NCAA tournament start on Wednesday. We're going to get to that. And then later on in the program, we're going to talk about Mr. Garoppolo. He is the new starting quarterback for the Raiders uh, officially. So we are going to discuss that and much, much more. And we will take a quick break. He's Chris Wynn. I'm Brian Shapiro. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east 
of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Salone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady from Mooch's Munchies. Our dogs had super sensitive tummies, and I needed to find a low-fat treat that wouldn't give them gas or other issues. Most of the treats on the market were loaded with fillers, chemicals, and chicken fat. Many of them weren't even food. Well, I knew I could do better, so I developed Mooch's Munchies, and I'm happy to be able to share them with you. Stop by our store or our website, moochesmunchies.com, and find out why we say that Mooch's Munchies are totally possum. Welcome to Hash House A Go-Go, where we've been serving farm food and crafted cocktails for over two decades. Visit us for the full Hash House experience at any of our five Las Vegas locations. Hash House A Go-Go is where old school meets new and gets twisted. We bring people together over good food and fun. Come in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and come hungry because our portions are huge. Visit us online to see our entire menu at hashhouseagogo.com. Hash House A Go-Go. It's a Midwest thing, and there's nothing else like it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. So glad you could join us. I want to tell you guys about my favorite gaming bar in town, man. I love these guys over there at Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones in the month of March. Uh, boy, they got some awesome promos. Besides the Pass the Puck contest during every night's game, uh, they also have free play. Yeah, a lot of free play it is. So if you sign up for a player's card there, you get 20 bucks in free play. Uh, if you get... Uh, I believe it's only 20 points, if I'm not mistaken. 
If you earn 200 points on Wednesdays and Sundays in the month of March, you get $50 in free play. Awesome food there. Great atmosphere. Uh, I love it there. Great gaming bar, great food, great bartenders. Please check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. I did promise I would get back to our phone lines uh, before we move on and talk a little NCAA basketball. Uh, so I want to talk to uh, somebody who actually did attend the Ron DeSantis event uh we have al on the line uh al thanks for calling in you were at the ron DeSantis event uh, at- hey uh, brian um, uh, i was listening to you and uh, i guess you know you're not a hundred percent big on ron uh, <laughs> not a hundred percent ron understatement uh-huh. of the day <laughs> yeah understatement of the day you know you know i gotta come in i gotta you know you know i try to always keep it cool stay in my lane that's my motto stay in my lane and don't over promise and under deliver but i gotta uh, i tell you i was there um, uh, he basically emphasized his track record, um, uh, maybe for the people that I think he spoke about, you know, that people that are, that some of these girls are young and they're making these decisions of, you know, getting their breasts cut off when they're kids and all they're not making the decision. It's a decision. That's a lie. It's a decision made by the family and the girl involved. And okay, and, well, that's what he said. Well, that's of course, he because he lies, he, he's making it like a, yeah, okay, a fort. Well, well, let me explain to you what I'm talking about. If you listen to if you listen to Ron DeSantis and a lot of these right wing buffoons just like him, they will lead you to believe and make it sound like a fourteen year old girl can just walk into a hospital and get her breasts removed and get transgender surgery. That is exactly not how it happens. There are laws, rules, and regulations, and you have to have a parent guardian's consent, and it has there have to be multiple conversations with doctors. But Ron DeSantis makes it sound like a girl can just walk in there and get transgender surgery. He is a liar. Right, right. Well, that's, you know, that's a possibility. And I can tell well, no, you. It's not um, a poss- uh, I'm not trying to be no, rude, no, no, Al. Okay. It's not a possibility. No, 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 okay. There are laws in every I like state. You, you know what? You know, you know, I listen, to, I read you the stuff that you put on social media. If you have a link to support that, I would like to read it, you know, like you did for. The, okay. Here's um, what I want uh, you to have, do. Have- here's what I want you to do, Al. Okay. Uh-huh. Google. Does a teenager or young girl need consent to get transgender surgery? Every state is different. However, every state has laws, rules, and regulations. Here's what I can tell you. There is not one state where a 14-year-old girl or a minor can have transgender surgery without consent from a parent or legal guardian that that's okay. just a, a, okay. and i'm just being honest with you now if you're okay. if you're against transgender surgery consent or not that's a different conversation the problem i have right. okay. is ron DeSantis makes it sound like he exaggerates everything and he lies critical race okay. theory indoctrinating our kids bad bad drag show drag queens and you know tr- all these teenagers companies getting- should be punished because yeah, they disagree I mean, with my views instead politically. of and now here's the biggest yeah. problem instead of talking about the real issues facing this country gun control gun violence health care heck even inflation jobs but he wants to talk about the red herrings of the republican party and even worse he lies about it al yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, that's a, I mean, I can't say that, you know, I can't, I can't say that he didn't hit those topics and maybe he should have addressed those other topics. Um, I'm just telling you what it is. And, you know, you may have a point there that those topics were not discussed and I would confirm can I, that. Can I ask you another um, question think, about being there, if, if sure. I may, since you were there, Al? Sure. Uh, yeah. guy from the RJ said he got the biggest cheer 
at the event over the weekend when he talked about bragging and gloating about how he sent those migrants seeking asylum to Martha's Vineyard. Is yeah, that yeah, true? true? He got a big cheer. What do you big, think of that, Al? What do you think of that? Well, the thing is that, you know, um, uh, I think that uh, there is, I kind of on the, you know, and I, you know, we may disagree on this. I kind of um, uh, like the fact that he called him out on it. And I don't know all the details. I don't know if he exaggerated or overblown it or all that other stuff, how it all went down. Uh, but I do believe, like, they're having this, and it does relate, they're having this bill here, the Homeless Bill of Rights. And, you know, we're understaffed, police 30%. And people, I, I know more people that have gotten their catalytic converter stolen than have died from COVID. That's sad. And so the thing is that, you know, Nancy Pelosi, they're telling me that in her area, they have areas where you can go shoot up drugs and they give you a thousand dollars to go spend. Well, I don't, understand that. I don't know if that's true. I don't understand. Do you not believe that over a million people have died of COVID in this country? I totally believe that. I totally okay, believe so what that. Do you but mean, I find what it, do you mean by your statement? Then I totally you're... believe that. But I find it that it I find that the problem for this, these catalytic converters and these homeless people that are just they don't want to work. They just want to loiter, and they're looking how to rip you off. And okay, so what is what is Ron? So what is Ron DeSantis's uh, solution policy-wise to deal with the homeless issues? I don't know. Did he speak about that? Did he speak about? I don't think he has one. I think his only one yeah. is to get it. I mean, I mean, to put some um, uh, um, uh, um, um, uh, support your statement is that all he has is really that he ships them over to million. Uh, this vineyard place that they went to. But yeah, I don't see any solutions. Uh, my solution is, you know, um, give law-abiding citizens more of a right and then try to get these homeless shelters that I've been so, talking Al, about. So, Al, you know what? If which, Ron DeSantis... You just, to- you just gave more examples of what could be policy, Al, than what Ron DeSantis does. The thing You're we've correct. Been, we've just been talking about You're with correct. respect to Ron DeSantis sending migrants up to Martha's Vineyard, that's not a solution. That's just Ron DeSantis owning the libs. Right. Or, or that is not in any no, way, you're, shape, you're or form correct. a solution for immigration. There hasn't been. Ron DeSantis has not put forth anything with respect to policy yeah. or an idea regarding yeah. fixing the issues and with Al, immigration at all. And he Al, hasn't that's done a possibility. it. And Al, make, Al, Al, make, no, it's not. No, Al. It's Al. 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 Time out. It's not a possibility. Okay. He hasn't done it. All right. This isn't Chris Wynn, the lefty liberal's opinion. Ron DeSantis has not put forth one iota of policy with respect to immigration that that could be implemented at all. He hasn't done it. If you can find it, That's true. find it. But you can't. Here's the, he here's, I agree with you on yeah. that one. I totally agree with you. There's a lot of issues, right. and that's a major one. You know, um, uh, this homelessness is a big issue. Um, uh, immigration is a big issue. Mm-hmm. Guns is a big issue, you know. Sure. And I think I called in the other day where there was a gun bill, a bipartisan gun bill that was supported. Yep. And, um, uh, and it doesn't get much attention. Now I will a vote. Lot of people don't know. I will vote for Go Republicans ahead. if they bring up some of the issues that you're bringing up and they actually have solutions or they're willing to sit at the table and talk about it. Ron DeSantis is not that guy. Al, I got to get to some other callers. Okay. But I no always, problem, uh, Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Call, a- anytime, Al. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much. 702-221-7283. Let's go to Miley. I believe Miley Mike. Oh, okay. I spell. <laughs> I read it wrong. <laughs> Not Miley. I thought Miley Cyrus was calling in. Mike, what's going on, man? I'm good. How are you? Calling from San Antonio. Oh, cool, man. Uh, thanks for calling in, Mike. What's on your mind, buddy? 
mention is that uh, my my great 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 grandfather fought died in the Alamo in the battle, and his last name he was Alamo defender. I come from a long 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 retired military people. My father, my great grandfather, so on and so on. But but I want to bring up the gun control thing, but I need to bring it up in a different way than everybody else. Okay. So am I the only person? that noticed and have noticed that the young from 26, 25, 24 are 10 years behind in maturity. Mm -hmm. Now, and I don't know the generations from below the 25, 24, 23, like the 19, 18-year-olds, because I don't have any. I and, do and, have and by making that sons. statement, you're bringing the argument to the table or debate that uh, you need to be older to purchase a gun. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, yeah. because they they can't even mm -hmm. they can't even be mature enough to to. I mean, I think did social social uh, uh, you know did that did that come a problem when the social media was the sure. one thing that just. I, so, I mean, Mike, I, I agree. I, and I here's, no, you're not. No, you're not the only one. I agree with you. And and let me tell you this. In this country, you have to be 21 years old to buy a beer. But if you're 18 years old, you can buy a bunch of AR-15s and rounds of ammunition. Uh, I think that speaks volumes on where this country is at. Uh, here's the problem, though, Mike. We're never going to have a law that says you have to be 25 years old to purchase a gun because it'll never pass. However, let's start with 21. Laws need to be passed where at least make the age 21. And I think that's where you start from, and then you go from there. But Republicans will never do that. I'm the guy that's 30 minutes away from you, Valdi. Okay. And yeah. that I called in earlier, but you're right. I, I, we're never going to see 25, but I can I can argue that even the 25 year olds aren't mature enough to handle an AR-15. Yeah. But I'll I, I'll take 21 yeah. because if you go statistically, all the people 21 and younger yeah. have done most of the mass shootings. Would you agree? No, or you're disagree? right. Uh, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, the 18 year old at uh, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, of course, the Parkland shooter, uh, a, a lot, not all, but a lot of the mass shootings are being done by younger white males. I don't know why that is, but uh, I agree with you, brother. Stay safe out there, please, in San Antonio. It's a great city. I've been out there before and and uh, definitely be back soon. Thanks for calling in, Mike. Appreciate you. Thank you. Or Miley, Mike, Miley Cyrus. I don't know. <laughs> Look, uh, it's tough. He put yeah. a number on it as far as 10 years. It's very difficult to make that determination exactly. Yeah. Yes, but I would agree with the assessment that the younger people of, of today uh, seemed, seemed to have, this is the way I'm going to characterize it, yeah. seemed to have less maturity at a later age. But that being said, as someone who was assigned an M16A1 yeah. as an 18-year-old going to boot camp in Fort Benning, Georgia, in the United States Army, for saying, just putting a number on, well, you, gotta, you need to be 21, or you need to be 22, or you need to be 25 yeah. to buy a gun in this country, uh, it's, it's going to hit all kinds of conflict uh, to, across the board. And yeah. to close this segment, I will say this. Ron DeSantis made his speech... My understanding, a few blocks down the road from the biggest mass shooting in American history. Of course, I'm talking about the October 1 shooting. Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis did not bring up guns once in his little book tour speech. Not once. Why? Because he doesn't have any solutions. The Parkland shooting happened in his backyard. He did nothing then, and he does nothing now. And you people that support him are complicit 
and he has no solutions to the real problems facing this country. He wants to get rid of drag queens. He wants to make sure that people who are gay can't be married. He wants to make sure that women don't have a right to what to do with their own body when it comes to abortion. If that's the country you want, then I wish all of you would move to Afghanistan and go live in a cave because I hate all of you. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're actually going to get to some sports, Chris. Yes, uh, we're actually going to talk some college hoops, the NCAA tournament right around the corner, and we will get to a man by the name of Mr. Garoppolo. Get Chris's take on that, uh, what he thinks about this signing. Jimmy Uh, G, headed to Vegas, baby. Good-looking Jimmy G. Yes, as a a heterosexual man, I can make that statement. Uh, Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to... uh, do a little bracketology, but we got to talk a little UNLV first. UNLV women got screwed uh, when it comes to seeding. We're going to talk about that, just blatantly disrespected. Uh, talk about my boy Todd Simons, Southern Utah, and all the tournaments we saw, and then looking ahead to the tournament, the big one, the NCAA tournament, March Madness, baby. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. It's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. 
Welcome to Hash House A Go-Go, where we've been serving farm food and crafted cocktails for over two decades. Visit us for the full Hash House experience at any of our five Las Vegas locations. Hash House A Go-Go is where old school meets new and gets twisted. We bring people together over good food and fun. Come in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and come hungry because our portions are huge. Visit us online to see our entire menu at hashhouseagogo.com. Hash House A Go-Go. It's a Midwest thing, and there's nothing else like it. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady from Mooch's Munchies. Our dogs had super sensitive tummies, and I needed to find a low-fat treat that wouldn't give them gas or other issues. Most of the treats on the market were loaded with fillers, chemicals, and chicken fat. Many of them weren't even food. Well, I knew I could do better, so I developed Mooch's Munchies, and I'm happy to be able to share them with you. Stop by our store or our website, moochesmunchies.com, and find out why we say that Mooch's Munchies are totally possum. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Baby. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. It is Pushing the Limits. And it is a very bright and sunny Monday. You know, I got to bring my mom in studio this week at some point so she could, uh, all of you can uh, figure out why I'm so nutty and crazy. Saw the cool pics on social media out there, right? On PTL. Yeah. Uh, you, you might as well have, you're hanging I, out at the Strat I, with the mom. A little brunch action with fun. mother. It was fun. Nice. They're so nice over there at the Stratosphere. Tom, Al, and all the guys, they're, they're just so, so great. Um, and I also, thanks to Al, our good friend Al and Tom and all the great people at Arizona Charlie's and Stratosphere, I was able to take my mom to the Pac-12 semifinal games mm-hmm. on Friday, and she fell asleep during the second game, uh, but uh, she was getting tired. But that was a lot of fun, hanging out with my boy Paul McKeskey, the, the, the NBA vet. I'm doing a podcast with him tonight, by the way, on Facebook. You go on Paul McKeskey's page. We're going to be doing a little bit of bracketology there, which I look forward to. I have a good feeling that Kansas... Uh, we'll be playing in Las Vegas in the regional, West Regional. We'll get to that. But let's start locally first, okay. Chris, and then we'll get to the national stuff. Wednesday. Congratulations to the UNLV women, as I've said before. Yes. They got absolutely screwed uh, with the seeding. They got an 11 seed. Uh, I think they played Michigan in the first round. Yes. Not an easy game, and they're in Louisiana. Uh, this is a team. Let me repeat this. I don't care what conference you're in, okay? If you go undefeated and you win as many games in a row that UNLV women have, and I know their out-of-conference schedule sucked, and this is a lesson to Coach LaRock. You have to play better teams at a conference. That's a part of this. But regardless, you go undefeated in the Mountain West Conference, and then you win the tournament, and you get an 11 seed, they're ba- that's a slap in the face. Is it not? Well, it's a reflection of last season, really. It is kind of a, a, it, it's a, immediately what we saw 
in the 2022 NCAA tournament on the women's side. Look, they, they had a valiant effort against Arizona a year ago in the tournament, but they went down hard. And, uh, so I think it's ref- basically, you know, the short answer, Brian, is I think it is a reflection of the Mountain West Conference on the women's side. I probably. think that's exactly what it is as far as the 11 yeah, seed. And to be, to be completely honest with you, uh, we, we don't even have to split hairs. I think they were going to end up playing it, uh, probably a five seed or it was going to be a four, five or six seed that they were going to end up playing anyway. So yeah. yes, it ends up being Michigan. And hey, hopefully the, you know, the Lady Rebels yeah. with the uh, success they've had all year long, yep. maybe they, maybe they get that win. Maybe they go there and they, they say, do. you know what? And they give the middle finger to everybody when it comes to that 11 seed and go there and uh, and handle their business. I hope they do. But I yeah. got to tell you, Chris, and, and you and I, uh, I mean, I went to a few more games than you did because you right. actually have a real job. But uh, yeah. I got to say, I saw some unbelievable and some really entertaining college basketball games over the course of the last week. I mean, I, it was so much fun. I mean, obviously, I start with uh, the quarterfinal UNLV men's game where uh, buzzer beaters hit. Uh, and that game goes into overtime, and and that was a fun game to watch. I saw. Four, well, wait a minute, time out. I was there with you. Yeah. I was there. Saw those games. Four, <laughs> yeah, no, no, you didn't. It see. wasn't. It wasn't just you. I was there with you. I understand. Yeah. I'm just saying okay, you so, didn't. Yeah. You didn't see all the games that I saw, but I saw four oh, yeah. straight Mountain West Conference games where three of the four went into overtime, yeah. which was uh, incredible. The Mountain West Conference was very competitive this year. We're going to wait and see how good the conferences will get to that. But the Mountain West Conference tournament was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. The Pac-12 tournament was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Good basketball. Great final game yesterday, by the way. Really tight. Congratulations to Arizona and UCLA coming in second, falling short. But those are two teams that I could see winning a national title. I think they're that good. And then, um, you know, move on to the Big West. I went out to the Big West and saw uh, on Saturday a little bit of the finals there. Yeah. Went to the WAC because, uh, you know, Todd Simon is a friend of mine. He coaches Southern Utah, although I don't think he's going to be there for much longer. And uh, they had an incredible year. But I think the game of the year quite frankly, was Todd Simon's game, Southern Utah against Mark Madsen's team of Utah Valley, where Todd was down 22 points in the second half, 23, yeah. down 17 points with six minutes to go, and they found a way to win that game uh, on a four-point play. And then, I mean, that was an incredible basketball game. Tavian Jones, right, I believe, is yeah. the one yeah. that hit, hit, gets, gets the four-point play. Yep. Hits the three, yeah, and that then hits the line, what a give fun, him the lead. What a phenomenal game, and what a comeback. They didn't have enough juice to win in the finals against Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, a really good team. But uh, great job by Todd Simon and, and, and Southern Utah. Wonderful year. First year in the WAC. You make the finals. I mean, he's such a great coach. Um, as far as uh, the Big West, I, we went there as well, and yep. I, I mentioned all the tournaments. But uh, getting back to locally, UNLV men, let's talk right. about that for yep. a moment. Um, look, it's not a good year. I understand that, uh, again, another great comeback. I give uh, UNLV credit. They played a, a pretty decent Boise State team. UNLV dug themselves a big hole in the first half, and they couldn't get out of it. And um, I give UNLV a lot of credit for they kind of did get out of it. Uh, they got the game to overtime. A little bit too much, a little bit too much too late, but I give them credit for playing hard. But listen, the bottom line is this. Kevin Kruger, pretty good year, year one. I, I was, I was, I thought he had a pretty good year. He also had some, some better players. This was not a good year. And I know Kevin in the press conference was talking about how they did a lot of good things this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. You started off the season 10-0, and but you really didn't play anybody of substance. Dayton's terrible. They were top 25 at that time. They weren't, they're not a top 25 team. Um, you know, you look at some of the other wins that they, they had in that stretch. They really didn't play anybody. And their Mountain West Conference um, results were, were left to be desired. Not very good. This was not a good year. It was a below average year. 
Now, some people are saying, oh, you got to get rid of him now. I think you got to give him one more year. Let's see what he can do in year three. But I think you got to put the clamps on. And if he is not able to get this team to competing for a Mountain West Conference title next year, then I think he's got to go. He's got he's got a lot of work to do. And I will say this to this point in his two years, I am I, I don't I wouldn't say he's done a great job. I, I'm not even sure I would say he's done a good job. I would say average at best. And year three has to have improvement. Another loss early in the Mountain West Conference tournament. No postseason. Um, losing twice to San Jose State, losing twice to Fresno. And by the way, Hudson was just fired. Fresno had a horrible year, yet they beat UNLV twice this year. It's unacceptable. And um, he needs to have a better year in year three, or I think, you know, he's got to go. You got to get somebody else. Yeah, Brian, I mentioned this last week. It was too many games this year that they were supposed to win that they didn't win, that they lost. Too many of those types of games in which can that, that can be coach killers, right? Yeah. They can end up, you know, ending your tenure with the university, a lot of losses like that. So there's no question about it. I would concur with you absolutely that next season, this is a team that has to be in the top three when it comes to the Mountain West. They have to compete for a Mountain West championship and they have to go deeper in the tournament. Now, enough of this, enough of this nonsense playing on Wednesday afternoon in the Mountain West tournament when you're the UNLV running Rebels. I mean, it just kills me. I, I don't even understand it. And don't even get me started on a tangent when it comes to the fan support during the Mountain West tournament. Completely absurd and ridiculous. I tweeted it out. The fact that you're getting, you know, uh, thousands of fans coming here from, you know, f- from Wyoming, right? right? From Utah State. I mean, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing a noticeable presence when it comes to the fan support and UNLV is not getting what they should be getting. And it's in town. It is on campus, essentially. So the fan support it was very disappointing to me when it came look to... But people, let's get... But, Brian... Look at all the people that came from southern Utah. You know, absolutely. A hundred percent. How many people do you think? They must have 4,000. It doesn't 000. make... Brian, it doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. I don't understand it. Why? It's a school that has 20,000 plus people. They don't, don't care. Give me this, don't give me the nonsense about how oh, it's a commuter school. People have their jobs or whatever. I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're supposed to be a... You know, at least a mid-major Division One basketball program. You have a history. You have tradition here. There, there is absolutely a base of people that support the team. At least from you know, from a from a standpoint of uh, they want to talk about the team, right? When the team's successful or not successful, people actually care here. Why don't you have the fan? Why don't you have the fan support? I know I'm venting here a little bit, but the point being is that I think there absolutely should be more representation from from the fan standpoint. There and and people give me excuses and reasons why it's not happening and I just I just can't buy it. Now we need to get into the gist of this though, Brian. Here's the gist. I'm gonna bounce this off you, my friend, because we've had we've had a, a kind of small discussions about this. Your thoughts on the fact that there are four teams from the Mountain yeah, West in the big that. dance? Because so look, yeah. Brian and I, everybody out there, PTL Nation, we kind of had some discussions on this, and Brian kind of you know he didn't say I was crazy, but I, I pointed out to him. I was very clear. I said, hey, Boise State's in. Utah State is in. San Diego State is going to be in. And there's talk. This is what I said about three or four days ago, Mark and PTL Nation out there. And Brian. That Nevada could get into the tournament. And Brian, you kind of like were like, no, they're not getting in. It's ridiculous that they would get in. And what ended up happening? Four teams from the Mountain West 
got into the Big Dance. Well, well, here's my response. First of all, yeah. if you look at the history of the Mountain West Conference, when was the last time a team even won a couple games? Uh, the last time I remember was when Jimmer Fredette was on BYU and Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard was on San Diego State. Yeah. They have a history of losing in the first round. They didn't win games the last several years. They can't win a first-round game in the NCAA tournament. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two, I look at the resume. San Diego State is, uh, by the way, I said at the beginning of the year that they were going to win the Mountain West Conference tournament. Uh, they're, they're too good defensively. Right. Utah State, in my opinion, the way they've played the last three weeks of the year and getting to the finals of the Mountain West Conference tournament and knocking off Boise, absolutely deserving of getting the NCAA tournament. I even say Boise State is borderline. They have no significant out-of-conference wins. They didn't have an extraordinarily good strength of schedule. They didn't win the Mountain West Conference regular season. They lost to Utah State in the semifinals. That's borderline right there, Boise State. But if you let three in, I say, okay, that's borderline. You want to let Boise State, and that's fine. Nevada had an atrocious last two to three weeks of the season. Again, didn't have a great out-of-conference schedule. Didn't have, uh, memory serves me right. I mean, you, you look at Nevada and you look at the way they, they played just the last couple of weeks, losing to UNLV at home, the way they lost in the, uh, in the tournament. And listen, I love coach Miles and I think, uh, from what I've heard, he's going to be the next Cal coach. Uh, losing, you still can't lose that game to San Jose State in the quarterfinals. There, and I know Nevada's in the playing game. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Prove me wrong, because I think Arizona State is going to win this playing game. I hate to root for Bobby Hurley, but that's one of the bets that I mark down and I say, I am taking Arizona State versus Nevada. Uh, I've watched both teams play in person. I think Arizona State's a much better team. Uh, they had a nice win against USC in the Pac-12 tournament. Nevada couldn't beat USC. Um, I don't know the Steve Alford effect. I don't like Steve Alford. Of course, people here at UNLV in Las Vegas don't root for UNR. The fact that Nevada was put in this tournament to me is an absolute joke. I think it's a big mistake. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I do think that San Diego State should win their first round game, even though a lot of people are calling it upset there. Uh, certainly, Utah State has a great chance. I don't think Boise wins their first round game, and I don't think Nevada beats Arizona State. Yeah, you made some great points as far as reasons why you think they shouldn't be in the tournament. Let me make a couple as to why I think that they are in the tournament, right? Now, Nevada, which was kind of hilarious about this whole thing, guys. Nevada was the last team to get in the tournament. They're the last team to get in. And so there's a lot of discussions yesterday during the actual uh, tournament show, right? When it came to CBS, they had the show. And they had the, the gentleman from the committee on there yep. talking about this very situation because you had the last four in, last four out discussion and teams that were right. So there was a discussion of the teams that were there surrounding Nevada that could have been the last to get into the tournament. Those teams were Rutgers, which was uh, had, a, had a, a decent season. They had some big wins, um, but they were on the outside looking in when it came to the Big Ten teams getting in. There's eight teams out of the Big Ten that ended up getting in the tournament. The other team was NC State, obviously an ACC team, and the ACT, ACC was kind of loaded, and everybody wanted to talk about North Carolina getting knocked out and not being in the tournament, but uh, but you can make absolutely a case that NC State kind of got screwed. So though, the idea was, at least from the committee member that was talking about this, was that Nevada was better than both those two teams. That was the the perception. You, know, you can look at strength of schedule. You can look at uh, over. You know, you can you can split hairs as far as who they played and who they beat during the regular season. But the idea was that Nevada, despite the fact, as you pointed out correctly, they didn't play well at all. The last uh, the last few games of the season, they were not good at all, and it, it didn't exactly show out in the uh, Mountain West tournament as well, too. But the idea was that uh, yeah, they had more they had more wins than both those teams. And they, they, and, and in the impression of the committee was that they were a better team than 
the likes of Rutgers and NC State and a couple others, I believe, that, that weren't mentioned as far as teams that were right there on the super-duper bubble, Brian, well, here's to the get into line. the tournament. Here's the bottom line. Yeah. Let's see how these teams do in the tournament. Um, if they, they do, all four could lose, Brian. All could. four of them could lose they in could. their first game. They uh, they play Nevada plays on Wednesday in the playing game of the NCAA tournament. They were pretty much yes. the last team in. Uh, I think Arizona State's a better team. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Let's go through the NCAA tournament. Let's go through some of these games. Uh, I hate to sound like VSIN, but I, I rarely ever do this, but I'm going to make an exception today because this is the NCAA tournament. And I think it's the big uh, dance. Yeah, baby. it's important yeah. to go through these games. And there are a lot of interesting matchups, Chris, and I'm really excited for it. Um, I guess we could go through the first four. I, I already mentioned uh, Arizona State and Nevada playing the playing game on Wednesday. Arizona State get uh, favored by two and a half. Um, you know, so we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Uh, Texas A&M, uh, Corpus Christi against, uh, Missouri State playing, uh, first round of the, uh, I'm not going to go through the NIT games because I really just don't care about that, even though I do find it interesting that Mark Madsen and Utah Valley in the NIT, but Southern Utah is not. But, uh, Mississippi State playing Pittsburgh in an interesting first round matchup. I think two equally evenly matched teams. Uh, Pittsburgh's a little bit more physical. What do you make of this contest? Mississippi State and Pittsburgh, two pretty good basketball teams, and this is going to be a good one in the first round of the tournament. Yeah, when you talk about Mississippi State, right, you're talking about the SEC. They're obviously, you know, number one Alabama in that conference. Everybody understands that Kentucky's a blue blood, but Mississippi State, quality basketball team, 20, what, 21 wins, I believe, on the season. Uh, Both these teams, 11 seeds, very evenly matched squads, these two Mm -hmm. teams. And so uh, I'd give the edge a little bit to Mississippi State, but uh, yeah. to me, to be quite honest with you, out of these four matchups, these these in, in these quote unquote playing games in the first four uh, between these, I, I, I with, with the exception obviously of Nevada and Arizona State, I think this Mississippi yep. State uh, Pittsburgh tilt yep. is very intriguing to say the least. I went to a little school in Connecticut called Central Connecticut State University yes, in the did. Northeast Conference. The team that made it out of the Northeast Conference with the title is Fairly Dickinson uh, in the history of the Northeast Conference. Uh, I don't believe they've ever won a first round game, but this is a somewhat of a first round game. It's a playing game against Texas Southern. I'm going with Texas Southern. I don't think we need to uh, break that game at no. all, but let's get to some of the actual real, uh, I mean, we could, we already talked about Arizona State. The Thursday games, right? The yeah. Thursday right, tilts. Let's do it. Uh, Bobby Huggins. <laughs> there it West is. West Virginia. Yes. I like to bet coaches in the NCAA tournament, and he's facing off against Maryland. Again, two pretty good basketball teams. This is an intriguing matchup, and it's the first game that starts on Thursday morning at 9.15 a.m. when Chris Wynn will probably be asleep. I will not be asleep. I'll be up bright, bushy-tailed, and early ready for this tilt, folks. Because who doesn't want to see Bobby Huggins coach, right, Brian? When it comes to an uh, NCAA tournament yep. game. Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, very Again, two more evenly matched teams. You've got West Virginia, basically a short favorite in this game. But Maryland's one of those teams that was in the log jam of the middle of the Big Ten. Right. That people you know, were t- talking about, can the Big Ten get 10 teams into the NCAA tournament? Maryland was one of those teams that was go- that was pretty much set to get in once they got that 21st win on the season. So, uh, I, wow, this is going to be a tough matchup. I don't, I, I know we're not handicapping and breaking these games down from, you know, from a score standpoint, but, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun just yep. to, just to tip off the tournament there at 915, bright and early on Thursday. So we watched Virginia play earlier this year. Yeah, um, we did in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, good head coach, been there for a while, pretty sound team, but they're, they're a defensive minded team. They always have been. They haven't had always great success in the NCAA tournament. They face off against a feisty Furman team. They have to be very excited <laughs> to be in the NCAA tournament. And the spread here is only five and a half. This is a pretty good Furman team. Uh, so I expect Virginia to uh, 
to move on, but let's go back to the Mountain West Conference because I want to get your thoughts on some teams that you watched play in the Mountain West as I did, which is Utah State. Very intriguing matchup in the first round. I mean, Utah State, of course, uh, great guard play. Uh, Ashworth is a phenomenal guard. Uh, maybe not the most athletic, but boy, he can score and he's really, really, really talented. Bearstow had a terrible Mountain West Conference finals game. I mean, he was just awful. I don't think he couldn't make a shot. Uh, Utah State playing Missouri. Missouri, pretty good basketball team as well. The spread is only one. Um, I have no opinion on this game. I don't know enough about Missouri. I know that Utah State has a lot of seniors. I don't like to uh, bet against teams that are senior-led in the NCAA tournament. It would not surprise me at all if Utah State won this game, and I would probably lean in that direction. Well, here's the deal, right, Chap? When you're talking about teams like this that have experience and also are able to heat things up offensively, right, put points on the board. Right. You're looking at this Aggies team that has, what, 26 wins. They are absolutely a team that from three can be explosive as all get out. So teams like this, I looked, I think Utah State, uh, as much as they could lose in the first round of Missouri, they could also be a Sweet 16 team. That's sure. how good this Utah sure. State team is. So, uh, you know, this is the, uh, look, they make it all the way to the Mountain West Championship final and lose to San Diego State in a game that they, in fact, led multiple times during that game against the Aztecs. So I think that uh, this is a team that is absolutely primed yep. to uh, maybe make some noise when it comes to the big dance. As the big fella, Paul McKeskey, joins us every Thursday, uh, Kansas alum, I know he's very interested, and <laughs> in, in, I don't think they're going to have any problems against Howard. Uh, they're favored by 21 points in the first round, and yeah. uh, Kansas is one of the teams that's favored to win it all. Uh, very sad, though. Bill Self, uh, I, I received some information that we all know he's he's got some health issues, but he's getting a stint. I mean, he's he's uh, Bill Self is not going to be on the sidelines for the entire rest of the go around, from what I understand. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! Time. Did you did you see the news yesterday? I did not. He was released from the hospital. Oh, yesterday. I didn't know that. Yeah, he put a, they put a stint in there. Yeah, so I, I mean, That's they might have taken care of the situation, but uh, it's my understanding, at least from watching the the the, the tournament, right, that, that he is going to be back on the sidelines. Okay, and I was didn't know released that. from the hospital. Yeah, I'm glad you so. mentioned that because I didn't know that. But when somebody so to says, give them, a, but but to and Big Mo is going to be happy about this, and obviously everybody, all, everybody Jayhawk Nation is going to be happy because yeah. you're getting back your head coach, and it's going to be you know obviously it should be like a, a yeah. morale boost for that team. So, but they're still a great basketball team, right, Brian? You're talking sure. about number, you know, one of the best teams in the country. You know, 27 and seven on the season yeah. they've got three guys that are probably going to be playing in the nba on in their starting lineup yep. uh and uh and uh i believe it's grady dick right grady dick is is a, is a solid offensive player particularly yeah. for them that's going to be a big key so another mountain west conference team uh and i don't think they had a very good draw here in the first round uh san diego state is in orlando florida and they play a very good offensive team in charleston so this is interesting because you got San Diego State, love their defense, love their intensity, love Bradley. Uh, they yeah. got, they got good players out there that are big, strong, physical, and that's why they beat Utah State in the finals and won the Mountain West Conference tournament. But this is an intriguing matchup for me because I've watched this Charleston team play and I got to tell you, they like to run and they like to score. So when I look at this matchup, I say to myself, good defensive team plays in the half court. San Diego State, Charleston likes to run. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see if San Diego State can stop them. The spread's only five. Um, and I think San Diego State's going to have their hands full. I do think because of their physicality and because of how good they are on defense, like I said, what was going to happen in the Mountain West Conference Finals versus Utah State, I think defense prevails. And then you have Arizona, right? Pac-12, mm-hmm. big win against uh, UCLA in the Pac-12 Finals the other day. Uh, love this Arizona team. They're well-coached, former assistant uh, to Mark Few. They're very well-coached. They've got guys that can score from everywhere. They're stacked. They've got quality big men. They rebound, they play defense, uh, and they have NBA talent. 
they're not going to have a problem against the Princeton offense, which is really brutal to watch. Uh, they're favored by 14 and a half. I think you'll agree with me on that one, Chris. Uh, Arizona shouldn't have a problem. There. So, Brian, here's the deal, right? When we're talking about the NCAA tournament, when we're talking about March Madness, everybody wanna, wants to look and find out who's going to be that Cinderella, right? Who's going to be that team you that think pulls Princeton? the shocker? And it's all, and Brian, and look, Historically, right, and and it's it's been those thirteen four matchups, right? Yep. Those twelve five matchups. It's it's there's always a couple teams that get talked about more as we roll towards Thursday and uh, the start of the NCAA tournament. Yep. One of those teams that you just mentioned, Charleston. Charleston's absolutely one of those teams. Oh, yeah. A lot of talking heads yesterday, sure. both on national radio as well as on the on the show. We're talking about this team as a team that could go to the Sweet Sixteen, not just beat San Diego State. But go to the Sweet 16. Well, there's a reason. Why. It, look, I don't care what conference you play in, right, Brian? I don't care what conference you play in. You got 31 wins on the season. Yep. Yeah, you, you got to show some respect to that team. They, and you talked about them offensively. San Diego State's got. They're going to need every bit of their defensive prowess against that team. And look, they have the guys that can do it. You got Seiko. You got you know other guys on that team that are solid defensively. So I think that San Diego State can survive. But I, it, it was, it's hard. For me to, to, I to go up against, points. yeah, it's hard for me to go against those people yep. that think Charleston sure. could be one of those Cinderella. Teams. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't lay the points. Uh, a couple yeah. tight ones: Illinois, Arkansas, Auburn, Iowa. Those are those are some tight matchups. Let's talk about Duke. Uh, I know people in Las Vegas love talking about Duke, <laughs> uh, but um, I gotta tell you, I hate to say this. They're playing well right now. Uh, I hate to say this, but Duke is clicking. They're healthy. Yeah. Uh, this spread is only six and a half. I know Oral Roberts is a very good team, but Duke it seems to be clicking at the right time. And you can get some pretty good odds on Duke to win the national championship. Yep. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see Duke at least getting to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight just because they're healthy and they're clicking at the right time. And you know in March Madness, it's not always the best team, but the team that's playing the best at the right time. So that should be interesting. Uh, Brian, obviously the Blue Devils win the uh, ACC tournament. Uh, you got to give credit to John Shire. Obviously following a legend, a living legend like Mike Krzyzewski, uh, not an easy thing to do, right, for a head coach. And uh, they are absolutely clicking on all cylinders right sure, now. Duke sure. is a very dangerous team heading to the big dance. Boy, another uh, Mountain West Conference team, uh, Boise State. Yeah. Um, I'm not big on this team. And they're playing Northwestern. And the line opened up. Boise State was favored by a few. And now Northwestern is favors and I'll, favored. And I'll tell you why. Don't like the way Boise State played in the Mountain West Conference tournament. They're a perimeter team. They've got bigs that are not very athletic. But they can come out and they can shoot the three. But I don't think they're very good defensively. Boise State teams in the past have been pretty good defensively. They're not very good defensively this year. Uh, I don't think their guard play, and I like Shavers. I think he's a very good player, you know, really good player. But, boy, he goes through, through stretches where he gets in foul trouble and he can't score. I, I'm taking Northwestern in this one. I don't think Boise State wins his basketball game. I could name you some teams that are better than Boise State that probably should be in the Mountain West Conference tournament. Uh, I think Boise State loses this one. And then we go to... Uh, you know, there's other matchups where are not very intriguing, right? Uh, I look at Houston and Northern Kentucky. Uh, congratulations to Northern Kentucky for winning their conference, but they're not getting past Houston. Houston is a really good basketball team and one of the favorites to win it all this year. Uh, interesting. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, they won their conference and they're in and they're playing a pretty good Tennessee team. But uh, I can see Louisiana keeping this game close. I've watched this team play, Chris, and they're and they're they're pretty good. They're pretty athletic. That's an intriguing matchup. Uh, another one, Texas A&M versus Penn State. 
that's a really intriguing ma- matchup. Uh, two good basketball teams. Let's talk about UCLA for a minute, Chris. I don't know what your thoughts on UCLA are. Um, I think Tiger is, uh, and I'm not Tiger Woods. I'm talking about their starting point guard. He is, uh, sometimes he looks like the best point guard in the country. And then other times he, he looks lazy out there. A lot, some people are saying he's not even going to be an NBA player, but arguably he's the best point guard in the country. I watched him play at the Pac-12 here. Uh, he single-handedly won the semifinal game for them. He made like four or five shots in a row in the second half. Uh, they're not going to have a problem with UNC Asheville. Uh, but do you believe that UCLA is a bona fide contender to win the national championship. I do, because not only do they have solid point guard play, but they also have a guy that's arguably one of the best players in the country. It's not really arguably, he is. And Yaquez, I think I mean, when you have somebody like that, who's you know a guy who's going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft, and if he steps up his game in, in the tournament, they're going to be absolutely formidable. So, yes, they're not going to have any issues when it comes to UNC Asheville. Uh, now that I just said that, of course, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the number 15 seed, uh, out of North Carolina is going to end up winning that game. But that being said, uh, yeah, there's, there's no reason to believe that UCLA should not be a formidable force yeah. when it comes to the, to, to the tournament this year. One of the games that a lot of people are looking forward to, uh, it's a rivalry, good rivalry and, uh, your, your Michigan State Spartans, yeah. um, and Tom Izzo. Playing against a USC team that's cupping off of a very disappointing loss to uh, an Arizona State team that's in the tournament playing Nevada. Uh, uh, so this is an intriguing matchup. The spread's only two. Uh, I'm going to give us, I agree with that spread. I think it's going to be a very tight game. USC did not play well against Arizona State. I expect them to bounce back. I wouldn't be surprised if USC won this game, but how can you bet against Tom Izzo? Yeah, this is one of those situations where this isn't your Michigan State team of the past where they're usually a one through five seed, right? Where you expect them to almost uh, punch their ticket to the Sweet 16. That's not the case here. This is a Michigan State team that has grinded out some wins. They were one of, I think they were one of the fortunate teams to get into the tournament, you know, uh, with not even 20 wins on the season, but hey, it's a competitive Big Ten, so I guess I kind of get it. But this is going to be an absolute knockdown, drag out type of fight with uh, Michigan State and USC. And I have some, yep. uh, we have some, I have some uh, me- fellow media members that are USC people uh, here in town. So I'm sure there's going to be yep. some, Mr. Shapiro. There might be some side wagers going on when the Trojans and the Spartans meet up yep. on Friday at uh, bright and early 9:15. Tip Chris, off. two more teams that I've watched play in person this year. I watched Baylor play earlier this year yep. uh, at uh, T-Mobile Arena. That mm-hmm. was fun. And I just watched the Gauchos, UC Santa Barbara, play in the Big West Finals. They just won the Big West. Yes. I got to say, I'm not really impressed with UC Santa Barbara. A weak conference. The Big West is not a very good conference. It's just not. I watched UC Santa Barbara play. They're an average team. They would be a middle-of-the-road team in the Mountain West Conference. I'm telling you. They're just not very good. They have uh, a, a couple skilled big men. They got average guard play. I just think they're going to get destroyed by Baylor. Uh, and that's a game that I actually like that I'm going to play. So couple that with the fact of what you just said as far as UC Santa Barbara not playing in a, in a top-tier conference. How about Baylor playing in the toughest conference in college basketball this year yeah. in the Big 12 yeah. where you had it was a gauntlet every single night of all, all those teams that, that they played against. Sure. And, of course, we're going to be talking about some other teams uh, later on down the line here out yeah. of the Big 12 sure. that could make a difference here. So I, I uh, 100% expect uh, Baylor to advance in this game. But I don't say, look, this is not, again, much like Michigan State. This isn't your Baylor Bears that were national champions just, sure. I mean, you know, just a matter of months ago. You know, this yep. is a, uh, a team that has flaws. And I think that, uh, they can, they can get to the Sweet 16, but I don't know how much further they get than that. Uh, I, I love, um, what Randy Bennett has done with St. Mary's over the years. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good coach. Really, with that being said, 
really disappointing performance against Gonzaga in Las Vegas in the finals. That was a complete blowout, and I was very surprised. Uh, nothing to take away from Gonzaga. They're very, very good. But uh, they're playing a very good Virginia Commonwealth team. Uh, I've watched this team play on, on television, and they're very, very good. And that's why the spread is only four. And I think St. Mary's could be in trouble here. I don't like the way St. Mary's has played the last couple weeks of the year. Uh, I certainly love their coach, but we're going to have to wait and see how that goes. Always fun to watch Vermont, right? We always talk about Vermont in the end. The Catamounts, my friend. Yeah, they're playing Marquette. Yes. They're going to have problems with Marquette. Marquette's really, really good. Uh, and if, and if I'm not mistaken, Marquette just destroyed Xavier in the, uh, in the finals. Yeah. So, uh, they're playing really, really well and they're clicking at all cylinders. I watched Creighton play in Vegas this year and I wasn't really too impressed with them, but, uh, they're playing a pretty good North Carolina state game. That's an interesting matchup. Oh, here's a good one. Chris, you're going to love this one. <laughs> Rick Bettino and Iona are playing my Yukon Huskies. Oh boy. In the first Here we round. go. Mark Mark Hayes and PTL Nation out there. <laughs> Is this another one of the Cinderellas? Is this another one where a 13 seed knocks off a four? I think absolutely oh. could happen. It's Rick Patino. Come on, man. Well, Hurley. The guy's been there. He's been in and numerous Danny. spots like this. Yukon has had an up and down year this year. Uh Hurley's done a really good job. Yeah. He's a better coach than his brother, I think. And uh Boy, they're getting nine, Iona. It makes, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel. This is asking a lot yes. for, for Patino. And from what I've heard, uh, St. John's is, have, have been begging because they just fired Patrick Ewing. Or, or not, I'm sorry, not Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing was just fired from Georgetown. He was. Uh, and St. John's yeah. is looking for a coach now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've heard that they're trying to get Patino to coach St. John's. He's not going to take that job. But anyway, it's going to be fun to see Rick oh. Patino on the sidelines in the NCAA tournament against uh, Danny Hurley. Uh, Kentucky Providence, uh, two very skilled athletic teams. Uh, that's going to be another good one. And as I go through the list, uh, I wa- we watch, I watch Grand Canyon, uh, pick apart, uh, Southern Utah and Todd Simon, but it, uh, Grand Canyon's really good, but he also played a team that was very, very tired. Uh, but let me tell you something, man. I know how good Gonzaga is. And, um, Drew Timmy is, yeah. I don't know if he'll have an NBA career, maybe. He's a hell of a player. They get a chance. They got yeah. good guard play, but I got to tell you, I love the points here. I believe Grand Canyon can can play with Gonzaga. I believe they can make that game competitive. Yeah. Gonzaga has all the all the tools to stick around. They've got really good guard play. Every position can score. They got power forwards and centers that can shoot the three. They're pretty good defensively. They're really good offensively. You know, I was really impressed with this Grand Canyon team. Uh, I would take the points there. I think Grand Canyon can hang with Gonzaga and. Uh, Boy, it's hard to call that an upset, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, I watched this Grand Canyon team play. They're really, really good. Uh, Gonzaga could be, that could be a very competitive game. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Florida Atlantic against Memphis. Uh, don't really have an opinion on that game. Yeah. And then as I go down the list, always love to, uh, watch, uh, Kansas State play. And, uh, Kansas State's in the first round against a pretty good Montana State team and, and, and rounding it out, Indiana and Kent State. A lot of good matchups, a lot of intriguing matchups this year. And I think we're going to see more upsets this year than we've seen in years past. There, let me toss one out there too that a lot of people are talking about as a sexy team that could win the national championship, not just get to the final four. But win the whole thing, and that's the Miami Hurricanes, right? a team that was uh, impressive Jim as Larnaga. all get out. Jim Larinaga, they had some huge wins over the regular season, including wins over Duke and others. And so this is a team that's twenty five. Uh, look, uh, uh, which by the way, I thought a five seed was ridiculous for Miami, but they're taking out a Drake team. Look, you and I have, have seen Drake here in Vegas play, and uh, it's a program that uh, is basically has taken the place 
of Creighton in in the uh, Missouri Valley Conference as being you know kind of an upstart, a team that can go to the tournament and maybe win a game. But I don't think it's going to be this year. I think this is a Miami Hurricanes team with the short favorite there is uh, right around two, three points, two and a half points. Uh, I think the Hurricanes absolutely can make a deep run in the NCAA tournament oh, yeah. this year. Jim Laranega is no stranger to the yeah. NCAA tournament. He's gone deep in the tournament before. This is a very mm-hmm. good athletic team. They're they're yeah. clicking, and uh, that wouldn't surprise me one bit either. Uh, later on in the week, uh, maybe Wednesday, I'll give some picks on. Uh, maybe I'll do a little bracket, filling out some bracket. Maybe we'll get you on the phone so people maybe can take the opposite of your picks. I'm Brian, right. you know what's going to happen. We want to say that chalk's going to roll out for the NCAA tournament. It's just not going to go down that way, man. Probably there's not. going to be 13s yeah. win, winning over fours. There's going to be a 10. Uh, uh, there'll probably be multiple 10s over 7s. And uh, after I just said that, maybe all the favorites win. Who knows? Who knows? Well, with what's going on with Bill Self, with his health issues and how good Kansas is, it Mm -hmm. could be let's win one for the Gipper type of situation. Uh, I could certainly see Kansas winning the uh, national championship. I love Houston. I love that team. They are very well coached. Um, I'm not as big on Alabama. I know they're the the, the overall number one seed. I don't don't even have Alabama going to the Final Four. Um, uh, you know, I look at some of these other teams that can make deep runs. I love Houston. I have them going to the final four. Uh, I look at UCLA and you need seniors. And I know they just lost to Arizona in a tight game, but boy, they've got good guard play and they've got skilled centers. I could certainly see UCLA making a run, but I'll give more of my picks a little bit later on right. in the week. Uh, you know, for the most part, you know, playing games are Wednesday, but the first round doesn't really start until yeah. Thursday. All right, Chris, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we have a new quarterback, as I like to call Raider it. Nation, my friend. Yes, and his name is Mr. Garoppolo. We're going to talk about that when we come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. 
look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Zinworld Premium CBD offers full and broad-spectrum CBD oil, extracts, and capsules which are designed to help you feel your best. Their products are sourced from the best organic hemp and natural ingredients on the market and are tested for quality, purity, and potency. They have a full range of items from health and wellness to beauty to pets. Call 725-205-9223, visit online at zinworld.com, or stop by their location at 9895 South Maryland Parkway and Silverado Ranch Parkway. Mention KSHP for 10% off in-store or use code KSHP online for 15% off. Man, I love this time of the year. It's so much fun. March Madness, I love it. We got VGK action. We got Major League Baseball spring training in town this weekend. Oh, I, I just, I love it. And what better place, you know, watch it than Jackson's Barn Grill, as I mentioned them earlier in the show. Sadly, a lot of people I know these days are sick. Now, I'm sick mentally in the head. But I'm talking about sick physically. Now, if you're sick physically and you need, or mentally, I should say, if you need, if you have problems, go to Sahara West Urgent Primary Care, please. It's located at 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Andrew and Jessica will take care of you. They took care of me. No appointment needed. Give them a call, 702-248-0554. You can visit them online, saharawesturgentcare.com. They take most insurances. And if you don't have insurance, 95 bucks. Man, you can't beat it. Please check them out. Tell them I sent you. It's the best urgent care facility in town. Trust me, I'm a client. Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. Check them out. Um, all right, Chris. So the breaking news this morning. And, and listen, I've been talking about this all year. Uh, and the three favorites uh, who are going to be the next quarterback. It was for me anyway. It was Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or Garoppolo. And I always said Garoppolo was the favorite. And Did you? Yeah. I've, okay. been, I've said it on this show. Mark could attest to that. I've always said Garoppolo was the all favorite. Right. Um, I didn't want Garoppolo. I wanted, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. But uh, the Raiders, in my personal opinion, are in a better spot now than they certainly than they were in two days ago. Uh, and uh, Adam Schefter uh, with ESPN is the one that broke this story. Uh, apparently, the deal, Chris, is a three-year deal for sixty-seven point five million dollars with thirty-four million dollars guaranteed. My issue with Garoppolo. Not that he can't play and he can't win some football games, but he always gets hurt. You know, he's got physical ailments and he gets hurt. Uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to hang on to Garoppolo here for a few years. They're going to, again, draft a young quarterback. But what are your thoughts on this? Solid uh, pickup, obviously, for the Raiders, given that uh, it's kind of a short list, right, of, quarter, of top-tier quarterbacks that are out there and available. This is a uh, peaches and herb reunited, and it feels so good, obviously, with Jimmy Garoppolo and head coach Josh McDaniels, who served as a Patriots office coordinator during Garoppolo's time three years in New England. So uh, familiarity there is also a good thing. Also, uh, Jared Stidham now is the uh, quarterback who replaced Carr, obviously, for the start of the past two games of last season, uh, did sign a two-year deal with the Denver Broncos to back up Russell Wilson. So that's it's it's obviously... Uh, uh, it's Jimmy Garoppolo's team here in Las Vegas with the Raiders. I think it's an upgrade 
from Derek Carr. How much of an upgrade is the question, right? I don't think it's that much. I mean, it's a little bit, I guess. Well, he's a Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that's played in a Super Bowl, and he's won some big games, and he's right. played big in some big games. So that would translate into, I think, something that would make Raider Nation happy when it comes to that with, with respect to the expectations that they have for him. But, uh, yes, so I think that it was, it was a solid move. By, by the Raiders there. So, and, uh, given that it, it was, it's apparent that Aaron Rodgers, the, it's going to be either Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers or possibly the New York Jets or retirement. That looks, that looks like the situation with him. Retire. Yeah. Well, so here's, here's my thoughts on the Raiders. You know, we can get in the weeds and talk about, well, they should have done this. They should have done that. Obviously they've made some mistakes and it goes back to John Gruden when it comes to Derek Carr and, and Tom Brady and all that stuff. We can get into that, but here's the bottom line. Right. My concern is not Garoppolo. Yes. He's got some health issues. He seems to get hurt. Got to stay healthy. Yes, the Raiders defense, they need some help there. Yes, they need to re-sign Josh Jacobs. I get all that. My issue with the Raiders are two people. Well, Josh Jacobs, yeah, is, is already uh, franchise tagged. So he's, they have. he's in, okay. in the next. My issue are two problems. <laughs> Josh McDaniels, who I don't think is a very good head coach. I didn't like the play calling all year, and I don't think Josh McDaniels uh, to this point, has done a very good job. I don't think he's a very good head coach, and I don't think he's a good leader. That's number one. And the decision-making of Mark Davis, quite frankly, I'm just going to be honest with you. You sign John Gruden, I go back to a $100 million 10-year contract, ridiculous. Preposterous. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We agree on that for a 500 coach. And then you yeah. go to Josh McDaniels. What the hell has Josh McDaniels done as a head coach? He failed. Why are you going to pay this guy to, you know, he's a failed head coach. I understand he had success in New England. Oh, yeah, he had two people helping him out, a guy by the name of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. <laughs> Um, helping him out. Yeah. <laughs> those, are the, yeah. those are the main guys. Um, being a little facetious, yeah. but you, you get, you get my point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Garoppolo, if he stays healthy, I'm not worried about him. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. worried about the coaching. I'm worried about the direction of this team. I know what they're doing. It's, it's pretty obvious. They want to draft a young quarterback and, and stick with Garoppolo for several years and develop a young quarterback. I understand that. It sounds nice on paper. That's not my issue. My issue is the execution of it with the coaching staff and the play calling and what has taken place. Listen, under Derek Carr, uh, Versace, uh, uh, you, you saw the year that Derek Carr had pretty good, got himself into yeah. the playoffs. Um, and look at the year that Derek Carr had, the tumultuous year he had. Listen, part of that is on Derek Carr, but also part of that is on the coaching staff. So, um, it may or may not work with Garoppolo. We're probably going to find out sooner than later in the first, maybe the first month of the season. But, uh, listen, Garoppolo's a guy, as we mentioned, he made it to the, uh, Super Bowl. Um, he's not a guy that I look at and say he's a top five quarterback, not by any means, but, um, under Bill Belichick, he looked like a top five quarterback when he replaced Tom Brady those years. He looked like a top five quarterback when he was coached properly. Garoppolo, uh, at times very similar to Derek Carr, where he looks really good at times and has pieces and bits and pieces of games where he's very accurate and very good with the ball. But every single time he runs with the football, uh, Raider fans are going to be worried because he's prone to injury. So... Is it, is it a step up from Derek Carr? I would say yes. He's a Super Bowl type quarterback. He knows what it takes to get there, but I don't think this excites the Raider fans and the Raider base. I don't think this is something where anyone's saying, Oh my God, we're going to be a Super Bowl contender now. Whereas if you sign a guy like an Aaron Rodgers, I think there would have been a lot of buzz like that. So we'll have to wait and see. Let me make one more quick point. I know we're coming back to the end of the show here, but, uh, also Mark Hayes made a great point before the show. You better go out and start drafting some offensive linemen yes. to keep him healthy. Yes. You need offensive linemen to block. For the light and, 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 you know, obviously for, for also for Josh Jacobs as well, too, in that backfield. But that needs to be a focus when it comes to the NFL draft coming up in just a matter of days, uh, for the, the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's getting the big uglies. 
on the offensive line in front of them to block for Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, and this Raiders and I agree, offense. I agree. That wasn't uh, that wasn't uh, the case uh, with Derek Carr for sure. The, how many times did the pocket collapse? Mm. But it's not just that, right? No, they had a lot of problems yeah. on defense too. A lot of problems yeah. on defense. So the Raiders have a lot to do this offseason, and this is a good start. Uh, Garoppolo is a very capable quarterback. When and isn't he, doesn't he just seem like a Vegas guy, Shap? Doesn't he? He seems like a... a, 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 a it's Jimmy G. How many attractions? The pretty boy quarterback. By the way, Seems story, like he's going to fit in nicely. I was sitting next to Garoppolo several years ago really? with some of your roommates, by the way. Yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights game. I was sitting next to him for about three hours. Very aloof. <laughs> was he? Oh, well, yeah, seems Extremely aloof. We talked about his thrashers. That's where he's from. Um... And I can tell you that he was sitting next to Travis. Uh, I'm sorry, not Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm trying to think of their their top uh, receiver. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, yeah, K- uh, Kittle. Uh, Kittle. Yeah. George Kittle. And, yeah. and and all they were talking about. I'm going to put it the way Donald Trump put it. All they were talking about and all they were really discussing was quote locker room talk. I'll leave it at that. The beautiful ladies. Yes, it was locker room talk. Yes. Um, that's all they were ta- discussing. Uh, but yeah, he's an aloof guy. He's yeah. a little aloof. Um, doesn't seem to be very uh, vocal when it comes to the media. Uh, that's something I give Derek Carr credit for. He was always very good with the media. Right. Very So we'll see. We'll get, hey, let's give it a chance. Let's see uh, what happens. See when we're heading over to a buffet. That is a bad beat for the buffet when Chris Wynn walks in, man. Let me They're tell you. screwed, my friends. <laughs> it's a done deal. Yes, they are. Not happy. Uh, also, check out the new KSHP uh, website. It looks pretty good. I was just looking at it before the show. It looks. I got to bounce over they got, there. They got Take my, a look. They got my pretty mug on the website. Uh, you can really? Argue, you could argue maybe that's not good for the website, but uh, you can make that debate. But uh, anyway, it looks pretty good. And and uh, tomorrow we're going to have Anthony Scaramucci. That's right, the Mooch joining us on the show tomorrow. He was Donald Trump's press secretary for about eight seconds. So. Uh, we will have the Mooch on the show tomorrow. It's going to be another fun show, Chris. And maybe we'll have you on later this week, Chris, for a phone segment to give your picks. Little uh, NCAA yeah. tournament, big dance, see win predictions. Chris, thank you. I for, like it. Thank you for being here. Good as times. Always. And yeah. uh, we'll see you tomorrow, folks. Thanks to Mark. Have a great day.